Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com and make your contribution today. That's StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com. StopTheCoup.LiberalDan.com. Political advertising paid for by Levelfield. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in either of the chat rooms. The most popular one is going to be probably the YouTube one, youtube.com slash Liberal Day and Radio. Or if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, uh, you could also <clears throat> excuse me, join us in that chat room as well, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. And if you happen to be listening after live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com at facebook.com slash liberaldan at liberaldan radio on Twitter. Uh, bottom half of the hour, last show of the month, bottom half of the hour so far for the last four months has been the one and only House Sparks, and he'll be on uh, in about 27 minutes or so. Uh, but until then, you got some housekeeping, uh, <laughs> housekeeping to do uh, with my normal show and bits and stuff like that. So we're going to get those done in the first half hour before Hal gets on. And then it'll be a fun chat with Hal for the rest of the show, as long as he can stay on or three hours, whichever one's shorter, I guess. So yes, Marsha, thank you very much. So don't forget to smash that like button. Uh, if you, if you want to support the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Um, if you can do so, uh, you could also, uh, Go to support the show, patreon.com slash liberaldan, or patreon.liberaldan.com. Either one will get you there. Um, lots of different levels to support the show at. Um, but I know, again, it's a tough time, you know, still still coming out the pandemic, and I know a lot of people can't afford to uh, put that much money out there. So subscribing to the show is the best. Sharing videos, watch the channel, you know, see if, if there's anything else that you like other than the shows that I do, and, and share those out. And that's, that's the best way that I'm going to grow the audience, and that's the best way to support the channel. Uh, so, let's see, uh, the beginning of, uh, you heard the Stop the Coup uh, ad, stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. It's something, there's a company called Level Field in there. They've worked with other um, liberal-leaning or democratic or leftist organizations to try and uh, enable uh, people on the left 
to have who are might be smaller to be able to utilize the power of like PACs and super PACs or whatever, whatever legal entity you would do to argue for an issue. Uh, and level field is trying to make it so that the small guys has to have the tools that the big guys have done. I haven't done that much with it. I haven't had much traction with it, but if you just check out stop the coup at liberal Danicom as well, just going to the site might be enough to kind of, you know, give us some traction and just see, share that as well. I've been doing, I did a couple of videos uh, on gerrymandering and, and stopping the coup. Uh, the fourth part of the four part series that I have so far about the GOP coup. And then there's other uh, videos I've done about gerrymandering showing how the Republican party is just so much worse at gerrymandering than the democratic party when it comes to the amount of people that they are uh, disenfranchising with the drawing of their boundaries. Now, like I say, the, the Democrats don't do it. I'm from Maryland originally, and Maryland is terrible with gerrymandering. But overall, the Republicans have much more say than they should. Why? Because they've gerrymandered a lot. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we got, let's see. I had so stop the coup at liberaldan.com. Share that as well if, if you can. Uh, if, if you like what you see over there and then think it should get traction, share that as well. Anyway, so I do want to give, I, you know, I labeled the show. Uh, sparklers assembled because uh, I think my shows have gotten much better since I've had more and more sparklers coming over here. Uh, maybe people can be, uh, as Aaron said, the liberal Dan, the cunning linguists. Uh, I haven't decided what, what all, you know, the shirts, the first round of shirts that I did that I made for my OGs, uh, say master debater on it. I might have some shirts that say cunning linguists on it. One of the two, I need to think of a cool nickname. I don't have as like how sparks sparklers. It's very easy to get there. There's no real good, puns with Zimmerman so either I got to change my last name or I got to come up with or I got to come up with something else uh creative as well and I'm, I'm, I tend to be pretty creative about stuff but we'll see uh, so one, one of the things I want to talk about before uh I had a AC I went out in my house and it's New Orleans it's hot and it's May it's, it's getting to the 80s 90s and um, the AC wasn't totally out it, was, it turned out it was just the the circuit board that controlled whether or not the fan turned off or on. If we turned on the fan automatically, not auto, but just on full blowing 24 seven, it worked, but that just burns energy. It keeps running the fan, even if the outside unit's not on. So we got somebody to fix it. And you know, you know, have you ever had a person that you really like, like you really, really like the person who does work on your house and you don't want to lose them. You don't want to, or just anything in general. Like, for example, my doctor, my general practitioner, this was, today was my last visit with my general practitioner, uh, and he's going to France. And so it's kind of hard to do medicine from France. I mean, he's, he, our last one was actually telehealth, so I guess he could do telehealth from France. I don't know. But uh, that one he'd have to have weird sleep hours in. But it's very disappointing that I now have to find a new doctor that I'm going to like because this doctor was perfect for me and my family. Um, but so with the AC guy. You know, he comes out, he, he, not only, he does things, he doesn't try and, you know, nickel and dime it. He'll try and fix it for the, as cheap as you can. He comes out on weekends. He, he's, he's great when it comes to all that. And uh, someone said the Zimmerettes or the Zimmerons, Shimmering Zimmerin, maybe. That, I mean, look, think of, think of clever names in the chat. I, if someone, someone finds it, I'll, I'll, you know, finds a good nickname, I'll definitely use that. I, you know, I'll give you credit, too. Anyway. So we live, in West, West, we live in Washington. We don't have AC here. Don't need it too cold. Sometimes I wish that, but, you know, my wife can't handle the cold. But anyway, so he, got, he orders the circuit 
the circuit board. He gets it installed. It's all done. It's all fixed. Yes. And then he starts talking. And I live in Louisiana. And I live in New Orleans. New Orleans is a very liberal area. Very liberal. I mean, leftist. Although we elected a leftist uh, sheriff for the, to run over the jail and run over the sheriff's department. For some weird reason, New Orleans has a sheriff's department and a police department. I don't know why it doesn't make sense to me, but, you know, what is it, Donald? It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. And so, uh, but around New Orleans is, are lots of conservatives, a lot of conservatives. And apparently this guy is, and not only is he a conservative, this guy is a, I mean, he, and he's new to it. Like, he's new to the whole idea of, like, sovereign citizens. Like, I just found out that the U.S. government is technically bankrupt, and Donald Trump signed some legislation or whatever, and it should take effect sometime soon. And when he does so, I, I can go name myself a sovereign citizen, and, and I'll be able to, uh, you know, no longer have to pay taxes to the government again. I'm trying to remember everything that he said, like, because, because we'll, it'll be if that's done under common law, and the United States is under the admiralty law, and and I'm just like my head is slowly exploding. Like I can't believe he's sitting here telling me about this crap. And then he starts going into the whole oh, it, you know, I I got a I I've started taking you know, ivermectin and ivermectin because we have all the everybody has these parasites, and I know this friend, and he actually took the horse paste, and it's. And it's so much, he feels so much better now that all the, his parasites are gone. I'm like, well, I guess he's feeling good if the parasites are gone. Why does your friend have so many parasites that he needs to take horse to? And he literally took the pace. And I'm like, and, and I didn't want to say, like, normally I'm very outspoken. Anybody else, I might have been like, you know, maybe you should talk to a real a legit doctor about that. Because, you know, you don't want to go to a horse supply store and, and get, you know, heartworm pills for yourself and take them because that's not going to be good. I, I, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to scare away the guy that does their AC work so good. Oh, I'm like rocking a hard place here. So it, it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible that I had to deal with that. And, and, and I have to wonder whether or not I want to continue to, to pay the guy. Well, I mean, I paid him for this work that is done, but do I want to find somebody new? Because if I find somebody new, you know, then I need to, do I trust him? Do I trust this person? Is this person going to be reliable? But do I really want to be giving money to a crazy wackadoo like that? Uh, speaking of crazy wackadoos, let's see. 67% of ivermectin users are now suffering from bowel and bladder incontinence. True story. <laughs> I mean, they're all full of shit. So, um, and organic West, I, I, I had a hard time. Just, I wanted to. I wanted to set him straight. You know, I, I did kind of mention something. I was like, you know, I was like, if, if you have a doctor and your doctor really thinks that you should take ivermectin, I'm not going to criticize you for you taking a, a medicine that your doctor prescribes. But then he was like, oh, no, my friend took the stuff from the, from the animal supply store. I'm like, <sighs> really? I, I just couldn't. See, I, I've used ivermectin on a horse. I mean, I've looked at the heart guard pills. And the heart guard pills for my when I had a dog um, had ivermectin in it. And I'm like, like you're admitting that you have worse. And, and as I mean, Hal said, Hal said previously, if you take ivermectin and you feel better, that means you had worms. That's it. 
you had parasites, therefore, you know, that's why you feel better. It did nothing about, it did nothing for your COVID. It did nothing to prevent you uh, from, from having COVID. Uh, Cheryl says, hi here with 67 degrees today. Oh, I'm so jealous. I lo- that's like the perfect temperature. I would love that all year round, except I'm probably going to go swimming. Um, that, that, would, that would stick, at least outdoor sw- swimming. So anyway, speaking of crazy people, they had uh, on the morning show that I listened to, which is typically in the early, early mornings, I listened to a conservative radio show for talk show, for, for, for show prep. Because and they're usually a, a plethora of of stuff for words of recognition wisdom. Uh, usually, uh, I'm grabbing Leon from South Carolina, that caller who sounds a lot like Ficus, by the way. Uh, but this time, I got he had somebody calling in, and this person was calling in about uh, from prison. He was in jail, not prison, but he was in jail. He's awaiting trial. Why is he awaiting trial? Because he's a January 6th insurrectionist. And supposedly he's being treated so poorly at this jail that he, he doesn't have a table to eat on and he can't see family, but somehow he's able to make phone calls to talk radio shows. Anyway, here is, uh, here's this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. And now, Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. I mean, I have 12 felony counts that are alleging that I committed. I mean, they range anywhere from aiding and abetting to um, obstruction of Congress. It's a trumped-up charge. It's, it's called the 1512 charge, and it's a blanket charge that comes with a 20-year maximum sentence that they've charged hundreds of Americans with just for being on the Capitol grounds that day. Um, like myself, I didn't even make it inside the Capitol building, and then they're saying that I allegedly, you know, obstructed Congress. And the thing is, is we have a right, a constitutional right, to have a redress of our grievances. And if the people's will is to have a grievance redress, a grievance so large as we don't believe in the integrity of our election, then everything should go on pause. The politicians that we elected that inherently derive their power from the will of the people, if the will of the people, if a million people are outside Congress, protesting saying you know we want a recount of the election we want to slow this down and to make sure that everything happened legit and the politicians just railroad us and just just overstep their power and basically certify an illegal election then obviously we're living in a tyrannical regime we're not in the United States of America our constitutional right to redress our grievance is totally non-existent and so the people just you know, just totally felt that they disenfranchised by the politicians that, uh, you know, we elected. And we also, on top of that, as we're peacefully protesting, we were assaulted and ambushed and kettled. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi's Capitol Police Force that day was out for blood. They were not, you know, in half the building you see these photos and videos of the police, like, high-fiving people right. and taking selfies and stuff. This is a totally other scene that went down on the West Terrace Tunnel. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. And there you go. And first of all, Julie Swenson... 
You're absolutely correct. He goes, if he never made it inside, he probably got arrested for beating cops outside. Very convenient because the host had listed, had asked him, what charges are you charged with? And he said, like, the obstruction of Congress and the other stuff. He never mentioned the fact that he was also one of his charges was for assaulting a Capitol Police officer. And, but the, the funny thing about that clip is that I'm listening and I'm listening in my car, driving my son to school, and my son, my son gives great commentary on the, on the idiots that call into that radio show. It, it, he's 13 years old, and he gets it already. It, it's, it's wonderful. But he, he's sitting there, and he's saying that it's a trumped-up charge, that, he, that, he, that he, this claim of obstruction of Congress is, is not legitimate, and he didn't do that. Then he admits to doing it. Then he admits to saying that when, if, if the government who is elected uh, doesn't do what you want them to do, that you should be able to get out there and stop them from doing it. So he's basically saying you should be able to obstruct Congress if you, if you don't agree. And that's basically saying what he was doing. Uh, but if the people there, if they were elected, they were elected in the same election, most of them, not the senators, uh, like a third of the senators were, but all of the House was elected in the same election that he felt was fraudulent. So if, if how, how, is, how are their actions any more or less fraudulent than the ones over the presidential election if you really believe that there was a fraud there uh, but yeah i mean he's sitting there and he, he, his name is jake lang uh is, is if you want to look up all the stuff that he did there's videos of him standing up there with a the gas mask holding a police shield that people uh, that he took from a cop swinging a bat at a cop so i mean cl- the video evidence is there and um, let's see, Lang has told the judge on Friday that his solitary confinement has taken a physical and mental toll on him and prevented him from viewing the evidence at length to help prepare his defense. Although he has an attorney, I don't know what the deal is with that. But one of the things that, that was lacking in, in the questioning that of, of Lang on, the, on this conservative talk show I found was, first of all, he never asked Lang, why didn't he comply? Why, why did I mean he should have just followed police orders? If he would have followed police orders, he wouldn't have been arrested, right? I mean that's their line when uh, black people get assaulted and or killed by the police is that they go, well, why didn't why didn't they comply with the police? Why didn't he follow police orders? Why did he not? Why did he not jump the barricade? Why didn't he stay where he was supposed to stay outside of the area and not go into that tunnel? I mean he, maybe he wasn't in the building, but he was in the tunnel heading into the building, and furthermore, apparently supposed blue lives, there's no such thing as a blue life, but supposed blue lives magically don't matter anymore. I guess blue lives only matter when they're doing things that are bad against black folks, but when the blue lives are doing things against conservatives, oh, we can't support them then. They're, 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 they're tyrannical, terrible, terrible people, terrible people, hot, terror, terrible tyranny. It's, it's amazing, and and that might have been also hypocrite of the week this week. Um, but however, in, in light of what's going on in Texas, uh, I did feel, let's see, Julie Spence, the people that were arrested for simply trespassing were virtually all released on bail. If he's still in jail, he probably really did something heinous or doubled down and promised violence if released. And that's also true. One of the things that I talked about, one of my past shows was on bail reform. There was an individual who is a, he's a bail bondsman in Texas and he opposes a lot of the bail reform attempts that are being pushed by leftist organizations. And but I welcomed him on the show. 
to have a, you know, so we could have a civil conversation about where we stand on the issues. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about was recognizance bonds, where you're, you're released on your own recognizance, and if you don't show up, that's when you have to pay money if you fail to show up. And people who, and the discussion by uh, folks on the left who are pushing for, for the elimination of bail or bail reform want there to be a situation where if you are charged with a, not, a nonviolent crime, that you should be able to be, especially if it's your first offense, you should be released on a recognizance bond. Trust that you'll come back. And according to, and on the show, we discussed that in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia specifically, when they did that, when they stopped giving bail, charge assessing bail to low-level crimes, the rate that people showed up to court didn't change. If people weren't going to show up, they weren't going to show up. It didn't matter whether or not they had bond or not. So there's that. <laughs> and, but this guy, he, ha- he was accused of committing acts of violence. And so, and, but he calls himself a political prisoner. And that, that's the thing that conservatives never wanted. They never want to talk about how they're, you know, they, they always want to talk about like the, how the extreme affects every, treat everybody like the extreme or the extreme like everybody talking about the school board situation where there was the memo from the justice department that said that they were going to look into people who were threatening school boards. And this memo comes out and all the, all the conservatives are like, why are you going after parents? They're not going after parents. They're going after people that are using terror against uh, school board members, people who are threatening to either dox school board members. And when I asked the conservative talk host, do you think that they should, these people who disagree with what's going on in school boards should be able to dox their the, the school board members. And he's like, no, no, absolutely, they shouldn't do that. Well, good. That's the only thing that, that they're doing. They're only targeting the criminals. They're not targeting everybody else, but they've got to pivot it back, just like with the whole, you know, just like the gun thing. And we'll, talk, we'll get to the gun thing in a second. But uh, this will do, before Hal gets on the show, I do want to uh, play the hypocrite of the week as well. Um, so let's go. Here's this week's hypocrite of the week. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is the NRA, who called for an end to gun-free zones after the Jacksonville, Florida shooting. The NRA is not allowing any guns at its convention being held in Texas on Friday. But remember, the NRA is not a gun rights organization. The NRA is an organization that protects gun manufacturers. They couldn't care less about what happens with them afterwards. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. So yeah, NRA, and, and I understand uh, if, if you're a conservative who's watching, you're probably going to respond and say, but Donald Trump's going to be there and the Secret Service won't let you have a gun in there. But it doesn't matter because if you go to CPAC, if you go to other NRA conventions where Donald Trump was not going to be there because he's a former president and gets Secret Service, service protection still, if you were going to if you were going to go to those other conventions when, when he wasn't president or when he wasn't a former president, you still couldn't bring a gun because they're hypocrites. They're afraid of what their people might do with a gun at their own conventions. But when it comes to everywhere else, oh, you should be free to have a gun. It's ridiculous. So let's see. Let's go back. Let's see. wonder what happened to the port. Let's see. The dot-dot-dot tunnels where many cops got injured trying to prevent them from getting in there. Yes, that that's true. And... You know, I'm sure he crossed a barricade. I'm sure that guy crossed a barricade 
uh, to get there. And, and one of the things that conservatives are like, well, well, the cops opened the barricades for them. And I'm like, yeah, those people, those cops should be arrested too if they haven't already been arrested. And they should have lost their jobs if they haven't lost their jobs. If a cop opens your door to your house and I walk into your house, it's that doesn't make me trespassing in your house any less illegal, any more legal. I'm still not allowed to trespass in your house. It doesn't matter if a cop says, sure, you can go in. If a cop goes, hey, I have this, I just did a drug bust. And I only need this amount of drugs to get a conviction, to get a felony conviction, but I have this bunch that's left. So why don't you take it and you can sell the drugs and I'll take a cut of it because I supplied you for the drugs, but I'll take a cut when you sell it. Just because a cop tells you that you can do something illegal, it doesn't mean that you can do something that's illegal. (laughs) No cop has the authority to allow you to break the law. They don't, it's, it's now, you could go down trial and a jury could basically do jury nullification and, and say, okay, well, you were guilty, whatever, but we don't think you should be punished for what you did. So therefore we're going to do jury nullification. Uh, maybe that at that point, the jury can say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to not convict you. A president can say, okay, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to make sure that you're no longer punished for this crime you're convicted of so we can pardon you. Uh, so that that's, but police officers don't have that power. Police officers have, cannot grant you the authority to act extra legally, if you will. Let's see. So we have 41 viewers here. Again, this is uh, Liberal Dan Radio talking about that's right, liberaldan.com. Again, if you're not following me, subscribing here, subscribe. Uh, Liberal Dan Radio here on YouTube, or if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. Uh, do want to give a shout out to. Uh, to uh, Nimbus Yosh, my little brother, with the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast, the host of the most. Uh, I told him that he needs to get a podcast going because he had some fans just from his commercial. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, we, I've also told him that we need to form Voltron soon. So, hey, Wes, how's it going? So, and forming Voltron is what we call when we get all of the people together, him, Chris, one of the other Liberal Rated patrons, uh, Demonox. Uh, World According to Knox is his podcast. He is also one of the Liberal Den Radio patrons. Shouts out also to Cesar and Angie, both Liberal Den Radio patrons as well. Uh, we call each other big brother and little brother, Aaron. We, we're, not, we're not really related. Um, we, uh, we just say, my, he's, I'm his big brother, he's a little brother. He's my little brother, although he's taller than me, uh, but I'm older than him. So that, that's pretty much... Uh, I'm Big Brother Dan, and he's my little brother, the host of Most Nimbus Yosh, with the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. Wes, I want a podcast, too, just to talk to House Sparks. I mean, you, too, could get a podcast, you know, but then you have to have uh, House Sparks' agent reach out to you and say, hey, you know, would you like to have Hal, Hal on the show? And, and I was like, yes, please. Uh, absolutely. Because I've been a friend of, fan of Hal for a very long time, since his talk soup days, so... Uh, I've ever since, you know, seeing stuff on the Comedy Central, seeing his stand-up specials and everything like that. So, <laughs> Aaron, I want a Percy podcast. Well, maybe I get an Anchor account, and you could probably harass him on Anchor. Go to the Percy podcast on Anchor. You can leave messages to him that he can respond to. I have an Anchor account as well, and I should be doing a couple of more podcasts. Maybe try and do it once a month, but no one's really eh, – we'll see. Uh, there's some people listening, uh, more people listen to this. So I'm focusing more on this now. Uh, let's see. Me too, Dan, and I'm older than you. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> I just had my uh, last week 
was my uh, 46th birthday. So I'm getting up there in age. Uh, I'm not, you know, everything's creaking, everything's aching, you know, all that fun stuff. So let's go ahead. We're going to take a commercial break, just the first commercial break. Let me wet my whistle a little bit because my throat's been really pissing me off today, and I've been fighting a cough all day long. So let's go ahead and take uh, the first commercial break, come back, uh, and how should be on at that point. Uh, this is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do, but BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues, with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok, and you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdeminox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Hey, 
And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the West. That's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, so join the show. Join us in the chat room at a, either at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan or youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. Uh, someone in the chat, uh, I'll be 59 in August, Dan. You're still a young man. Well, I'd probably say, my wife would probably say I'm 46 going on 13 when it comes to my sense of humor. But anyway, without further ado, I'd like to welcome back on the show uh, host of infotainmentwars.com, Hal Sparks Mega Worldwide. You might also know him from uh, Talk Soup, Lab Rats, or Queer as Folk. Friend of the show, Hal Sparks. How are you doing, Hal, today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing uh, fighting a cough. That's why I'm trying to – I took my commercial break to make sure I could get more hydrated. But, um, yeah, I, I'm fighting a, a cough. Yeah, but if you hope- need to just have a heaving fit, go yeah. at it. Fear not. I'll mute myself and you can talk. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. post-COVID, I feel like that's that – you could just kind of work that into the show, you know, yeah. these days. I think I did one one bit or something earlier on when I just did like a, just a coughing fit at the end of every, everything just to kind of yeah perpetuate that whole thing. But, you know, I, and it's weird because I, I have like one time I think I can mute myself, but I, I inadvertently when I was talking to you, uh, the, the conversation with you when I when I muted you from the blog talk radio still went through the YouTube. So everyone, nobody heard <laughs> me, but everyone heard you. So it was, it was funny. I, I'm oh, still good. getting used to some of the technology stuff, but. Especially combining the, well, the podcast. I'll myself forewarned. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, what's new in the world of House Sparks? Well, um, I I just came off a sort of semi-grueling weekend of uh, stand-up. I was at the San Diego Laugh Factory for three days, five shows, and then I got back. I was home for a full-on half a day and then had to go to L.A. for um, – well, chose to. I won't say have to. Uh, to go host the um, ultimate jam night at the Whiskey, where we celebrated the music because it was the Queen Queen's birthday week, so we celebrated the music of uh, you know Britain rock. So I did a couple of Beatles songs and a Def Leppard song and sang back up on everything from Motorhead to um, to Led Zeppelin and David awesome. Bowie. So it was a good time. It ended up being an amazing show. It was really great. Um, no, I, so, saw, yeah, I saw I saw Def Leppard in concert a few years back, and they uh uh they he was struggling to hit the high notes. You might have done a better job singing Def Leppard than Def Leppard might be doing. <laughs> well, you do know that a lot of those high notes on the album are actually Mutt Lang. Oh wow! The producer, especially on huh. the album Hysteria, like the super super bizarrely high notes. There's like a mm-hmm. hundred you know like vo- vocal tracks deep on those things. And a lot of them are Mutt Lang, just messing around in the studio while everybody else is at home. Kind of like when, um, the, you know, the Beatles recorded at like Abbey Road and Sgt. Pepper's and they would, you know, and uh, George Martin, you know, after they went home at, thinking they tracked a four-person rock song, brought in a choir and, you know, all kinds of like backup and that kind of stuff. Fairly hysterical. They were so what is your very favorite? Upset. What is your favorite and or go-to uh, Beatles song to sing? Um, wow. Well, I mean, I did come together last night, and that was really fun. Um, right. Just because the lyrics are so, you know, they're not really, you know, they're curious because of the, I think it's the third line more than um, than anything where he goes, uh, he bad production, he got walrus gumboot, he got Ono sideboard. He won Spinal Cracker, which is, it right. seems to be about the band members. It's like they're going around the room, um, you know, 
John's got Ono sideboard, and uh, Paul's got a Walrus gumboot, and bad production would be George Martin, and then Harrison. You know, um, uh, so it's it that part's fascinating to me because they're you know because while a lot of their stuff sounded like they were, you know, blitzed to the bejesus belt on drugs, a lot hey. of it had a, its own subtle logic to it. Um, and my band, uh, Zero One, we've done uh, we do our own version of uh, of Helter Skelter, which is uh, we play around with the, the the arrangement and how it's built. But it's that one's really fun as well. I mean, right. I would love to do the, the like uh, the entire Sergeant Pepper's album, a la um, you know uh, like Cheap Trick. But right. uh, you know, I, I've only got four guys in my band. Right. Man, so uh, I think I don't I don't have a band, but like when I do karaoke, I think my go-to Beatles song would probably be be something. Of course, one time I went to karaoke and I put something by the Beatles, and the smartass karaoke KJ had me do Hard Day's Night because Hard Day's Night is something by the Beatles. Something um, by the Beatles, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. something. I was like, and I've never done it. I didn't know if it was in my range yet, and I was fine, but I was just like, I'm gonna kill you. But um, I think one of the the fun one, you know, is is the uh, Brilliant lyrics of "Why don't we do it in the road?" <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, a Rocky Raccoon. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you know, those are. There's a lot of cute songs uh, the Beatles have as well. Amongst the, you know, even beyond their kind of reputation as being the soundtrack of the Manson family, which is an odd, um, you know, historical um, credit that they have and will have forever. Right. So shout out to Comic Rose in the chat room who says Sparkles assembled and smash that like. Thank you very much. Again, like and share uh, the video if you like what you're seeing. Yeah, and, I insist. Um, so, uh, you know, and you know, one of the things I was, you know, I came in to your show earlier today at the op- at just the perfect moment, the absolute perfect right. moment to hear this. My dad's cock is a lot bigger than mine. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. What the hell? Like we'd already, we'd heard, we'd, we'd heard that like clip. Oh my God. Just, and that's why I don't pre-watch the clips ahead of time. Um, n- mainly because I don't have to prep myself to outsmart these guys. But, um, and like, even t- like, you know, that clip of him saying, you know, the penis has gotten shorter and blah, 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 that he's been talking about from like these, these single use studies that everybody turns into some big thing, which like I literally have a stand-up bit called a uh, new study that's based on the fact that we have all these, you know, l- like local news does it all the time. You know, you know, caffeine's terrible for you. Caffeine's great for you. Like it depends on the week, right? right. Or a movie comes out and they're like, you know, a, a, a shark attack movie comes out. So there's a series of stories about like um, our shark attacks on the rise. And it's just because it's a sideways promo of the mm-hmm. uh, of the movie you know they do that all the time and so when he takes this one story this idea that plasticizing agents which which are estrogen mockers which we've known for a long time and this azotine uh thing which is making you know giving male frogs like egg sacs and stuff like that um doesn't make them gay it gives them other right. parts which is i think the the you know it doesn't it doesn't because technically speaking they'd be heterosexual. They would just have different parts. They would no longer be, 
I don't know. Anyways, it's just it's a stupid semantical argument. But he, you know, he wigs out about that part of it. When in reality, these are all like environmental concerns we all have about GMOs, about Monsanto, about Dow Chemical, you know, messing with things that are of no surprise to anyone. You know what I mean? Like, and the fact that I think the thing that stands out with Alex Jones is that it, it, you know, he portrays it as this giant plot when it's way simpler than that. It's just right. greed and incompetence. Like the yeah. Occam's razor of most troubles in the world are, in, are, are, I mean, first it's just ignorance. Most people just don't know better. Like they make right. something like, this will be great. Look at this. This makes a hot dog last for 25 years. You know, and like, what a great <laughs> idea. People won't starve. I'm solving a giant problem. And then re- years later, like, yeah, that makes you have a big face tumor. Oh, okay, well, and then you have rats, you know. We right. don't have to talk about the face tumor right out of the gate when I come on your show, do we? No. Giant cover-up. <laughs> right. So, that, you know, that's where most of this stuff is. And, right. But and from Alex Jones' standpoint and Jimmy Dore's standpoint and Russell Brand's standpoint is that everything is a massive conspiracy. Everything is designed on the premise that every mistake was on purpose for this masterful, mysterious plan that's operating behind the scenes, um, you know, it's, it's and, and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, but and it's, it's all triggered by the 5G. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, he mentioned 5G. He did the whole gamut. He, like, got everything in there, Davos, Soros, uh, you know, um, Tostitos. I don't know what we've got to be afraid of, but they're all dangerous. Um, but, you know, it's an industry, man. It, like, if you really look at it, like, these fear farmers on both YouTube and, um, you know, and Twitch are, it, I mean, it is, it's a growth industry. Right. And then, you know, the, the, you have all these horrible things that are coming, and then, of course, there are this big conspiracy, and then what, 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 what can you do to help protect yourself from it? Buy their snake oil. <laughs> oh, yeah, to- uh, absolutely. Buy, buy their prepper food. By, you know, by his uh, B12 supplement, which looks like adrenochrome, ironically enough. <laughs> um, and, you know, just like buy my gooey red drip that you can, you know, you can take orally. It's just gross. Like, um, but like I said, they, they, somebody, lots of people over time have looked at the, the, the like mega church and the uh, TV preacher industry with with greed and 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 amazement you know like that's just what a grip it's almost perfect except i'm supposed to now i got to read the bible and memorize it isn't there another way yeah sure um try the uh the alex jones conspiracy way you don't even have to memorize anything you just have to connect whatever's in front of you like a puzzle piece that that only fits because you insist that it does can't manage that well the thing with being a mega preacher though is like you really like the people as long as you get the people listening to you and believing you you don't even have to get what's in there right like you can like yeah. i've talked to many people who who are who are christian who um who I, i'll be like well the bible says this because i was i was raised jewish and i and i learned a lot of the you know yeah and they're like what but even like I don't I, I didn't I didn't grow up learning anything about like the the New Testament or the the parts of the Bible that are not part of the Jewish Bible, 
And I still right. read it because I want to understand what people think or whatever. I'm like, do you understand that, like, Acts 4 and 5 are are basically telling you to be socialist? <laughs> like, like, there's a whole two chapters of that of that book that's like, give all of your money away to help people or else you're not going to go to heaven. And what's the punishment for that? You die if you don't. I'm like, what? <laughs> the, right. Socialism's bad, except for when the Bible tells me to do it. And you right. have, uh, you have the like, like it's hard for me to to understand a lot of the, a lot of the people on this whole abortion issue because, you know, you have, like, as a Jewish person again, you know, Jewish r- religion basically states if your life's in danger, you must abort, not just you have the option to, but you must save yourself. So the idea that because well, that's the also because Judaism comes through a maternal line, and right. so the life of the mother is super crucial because if she dies there will be no more jews one of the ways that the jews were you know they tried to eliminate jews was through rape um you know much like the primanocta the you know the british trying to rape the scots out of existence or the virus so of course that's going to be one of your you know protection setups um to you know the guarantee that jewish mothers survive especially when there's an attempt to make them cease to exist. So, you know, it makes total sense. In the, in the Christian way of thinking, it leans more towards the Catholic idea, is that at a certain period, Muslims were outbreeding everyone because they had the ability to kill off the heretics. So you could threaten people with death, and the Catholic Church had stopped that for the most part after about the 15th century. So they were, you know, always racing to catch up. Um, I mean, you can even look at, Fish on Fridays is an attempt at early environmentalism. So right. it's not, you know, all of these things have come up as largely social order mechanisms. All the stuff uh, that these guys decry about big government are effectively the very things that they're talking about in all these situations. That's one of the reasons I don't, I don't like the term like Judeo-Christian because I'm like, there's, there's so many differences between the two religions. Yeah, you know, sure, sure that you, sh- you use the, the Old Testament to, as a jumping off point, but then you completely retcon everything and you make it a completely different thing. Like, it, and I, I don't yeah. begrudge anybody for their faith. If you believe in God, if you, if you want to practice your religion, great, just don't make laws out of it and we'll be good. And like the, one of the things I don't get is that like, they won't, they won't like, if, if you have like a, a fetal problem, whatever, there's no way to, to do like a baptism in utero. So, but if, they, if, if right. the church believes that that fertilization creates a new life, then then all of those embryos that are naturally discarded, any embryo or fetus that's either naturally miscarried, or if there's like a fetal right. abnormality that causes fetal death, or any child that's born and doesn't get baptized before they die, like all of those kids are going to hell. Like I don't, I don't quite get that as a Jewish person. Well, no, there, there's different. Like obviously, if there was a way to, you know, baptize people in utero, the Mormons would have figured it out a long time ago. But the <laughs> the idea about Christian faith specifically is different from Catholic faith. But Catholic faith is faith is baptism upon birth because the minute that life is created until you're born, you're not responsible for the sins okay. that are brought upon your head. In in so the, so the regular birth gives like you kind original of, sin. Well, no, the birth begins your responsibility for it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, in 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 
you know, Lutheran Christianity or, or evangelical Christianity or Baptist Christianity, it's baptism is a choice um, affected at the like age of reason. So you're talking about 13, 14, curiously, when your uh, sexual impulses start to show up because of puberty, that's when you can become awful by their standard, um, strikingly enough. Um, and, and I was I was baptized when I was 11. You don't have to be in our church till you're 13. Um, but it was definitely a part of, um, you know, the, the faith is the idea that at some point you make the choice. In the Christian faith, the way they also get around it is that up until that point, up until the age of reason, depending on whether right. it's 12 or 13 or 14, you are effectively, you die innocent because you are not responsible for sins because you're not anywhere near mature in, in that way of thinking. The Judeo-Christian thing, as far as calling it that, we used to regard ourselves as a Christian nation um, right. because you'll notice the Judeos couldn't exactly go to all the golf courses. Um, exactly. And uh, and and largely because of stuff that is written about Christ in the Talmud. So the Jews and Christians and why it's been an ongoing thing, largely with the Catholic Church and the evangelicals around Judaism, is because of not just descriptives of Jesus in the Talmud as not being a real Messiah, as being a phony or whatever, but some language that is unbecoming of religious mm-hmm. talk about somebody else's very it's very heretical towards that stuff so that that's that's a constantly running rift between the two now the difference is is that that was a rift it was a religious rift between these two groups and it was those exist without war all over the place there's lots of baptists and lutherans aren't at each other's necks because they believe in you know a different you know punctuation essentially in bible verses Right. Um, the difference was is that once the Germans started wiping Jews out, the Christians rallied to the idea that Jews are integral to not only the faith, but also the, um, you know, the essence of, of being, you know, uh, a, a, a good Christian. You don't have to, you know, you don't just root for the salvation and living of, of your own kind. Um, it's not inborn like Judaism and it's not um, forced like Islam is the theory. And so, the once once Hitler crossed that line and you know and and started eliminating Jews, we became we shifted to accepting them in the United States. That was the that was the kicking point. And so well, phrase, not 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 initially. Christian, initially, the only no way no Jews no of course not get, right. The only way Jews could get in yeah. was with the job. So there was a history there between like the historically yeah. black and college and universities that brought these physicists in over. To, to help protect them from the Nazis. But I'm, I have a more cynical view of the look on, on at least why many like evangelical types may have, you know, wanted to, you know, all of a sudden magically, we got to save the Jews. It's because their prophecy requires Israel to, to have lots of Jews in it in order for the end times to come. So, like, we so wiped if Hitler, yeah. well, that's, if Hitler that's offed the all the Jews, then, their end, then the yeah. end times can't happen. Right. That's the deep evangelical side of it, which is not, right. at that time was not the largest group. In True. many ways, the largest groups were Methodist and Lutheran, and most of their stuff was a lot more charitable, uh, charitable at arm's length. But still, it was it was an act of like, well, we can't just let, leave them like that. And that was right. that was a total shift. Um, and so it was it you know, it was historically speaking, uh, you know, quite charitable compared to their treatment elsewhere. For example, the evangelicals have always had this kind of the Sarah Palin sect. 
have always had this idea that, like, we protect Israel so it can be burned to the ground in Armageddon. But the, the rest of them were like, well, it's just not Christian to let people die like that was the theory. Anyways, but the point I'm trying to make is, is that phrase, Judeo-Christian, didn't become a big thing um, until after, you know, or around World War II. That um, we, we would just refer to ourselves as a Christian nation up till that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just interesting when, you know, historically, when, you know, when the shift, like, when shifts like that occur, you know, and there was, and there were a bunch of them in a row. I mean, you could arguably track that, you know, uh, that um, women getting the right to vote, and then, you know, there was a delay of recognition where they're like, okay, it's going to be a little longer um, before, you know, other people get their rights. But then it kind of all was built on that superstructure and came along fairly quickly. So um, in the 60s and then early 70s. Right. So we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the goings-on, I guess, both in Buffalo and in uh, Texas. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, was, I think it was Monday maybe I was watching uh, your show, and you were, you were basically talking about how, you know, the inaction of – um, of, of government to do anything and that we need some sort of laws in place to whatever. And that you had suggested like, you know, fingerprint, you know, detection, you know, where the only yeah, the owner can shoot it or, or yeah, yeah. smart guns or a gun can't go off in a certain area, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like, and then of course the next day, you know, we have another one of these incidents and of course conservatives, you know, instantly are like, it's too soon to talk about this. Well, when is the time? You know, when we're not. The and, and my response it. is, I'm not I'm not talking about this shooting. I'm talking about 10 shootings ago. It is not too soon to start right. talking about Parkland. So just assume right. anything I say is is in, is a response to what should have been done to fix something like Parkland after it happened. Um, and the victim. Uh, and then, you know, know, what about the victims? Respect the victims of those past shootings. You know, be they the right. ones who were who were killed or shot and lived or witnessed the shooting and had to live through the terror of it or the family who lost family members because of it all want stuff to happen to be able to make it so it's harder for people to buy a gun, especially when they right. shouldn't buy a gun. Like if there's a guy, there's a guy that I'll simpler... do on this. Con- go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I was saying one, well, go ahead with that point. Cause I've got, you know, I've got a, you know, kind of sure. a solution and that actually might require some. Okay, sure. So there's one of the guys that I, that I, that I mock on this show that I listen to every morning, um, this conservative mm-hmm. show, this guy's called cash money or whatever. And then he has, he has this grand idea to, to ask everybody in the nation on some platform uh, to a question. So nine o'clock in the morning, you ask the America question and they tell you the answer. I was like, well, if you do that on, you know, universal background checks, you're going to get 90% of the country saying do universal background checks. But right. the, the politicians aren't going to do it because the politicians are beholden to the NRA, and the NRA is not really about gun rights. The NRA is about gun manufacturing and making sure that the gun mm-hmm. manufacturers can sell whatever they want to, and then who cares what happens with it? Right. Yeah, the um... – I mean, there's there's a myriad of, you know, of, you know, complex issues in gun rights that get and that complexity gets ex, ex, uh, um, 
gets exploited every time we go through one of these situations. Instead of um, dealing with a solution based on the the issue at hand, um, because like as somebody who has a lot of gun owners in my family, grew up in Kentucky, uh, there's a bunch of sport gunners and and people with like like you know that collect guns and you know my my dad's you know house I've always joked is a is a uh, like U.S. Marshal accident you know subpoena um, waiting to happen because of just the nature of how many he has. Um, and, and largely it's, you know, they're flintlock shotguns and stuff like that. But I, I don't necessarily, you know, have an issue with the, with the second amendment if it's actually carried out the way it's supposed to, where it's genuinely written, which of course is in, uh, in regard to a well-regulated militia, that phrase right. in and of itself gives you a ton of leeway about very basic laws and the and and the issue that we have most of all and i think this this goes towards like you know uh russian and chinese and iranian and uh um propaganda that's been pushed towards the united states that makes everybody fear their own government all the time when you have a tremendous number of of uh you know of freedoms that aren't going to be taken away anytime soon can't be um legally um is this idea that the tyrannical government that they were talking about, you know, in, you know, in the Federalist Papers and the like, was a foreign monarchical power that would come in and tear our Constitution to pieces. Not our own government, not our own soldiers and our own cops. Um, like, it's, that's a relative of absurdity. And it gets more absurd the, the more modern we get. Like, there was right. a... You could almost believe it when there were still people who were, you know, friendly towards the idea of monarchy, you know, um, 140 years ago. But now it's it's absurd. The idea that that's how it's going to happen is just dumb. And the and having, you know, consumer guns versus, um, you know, for self-defense versus uh, offensive guns for trying to, you know, form your own you know, militia to, to destroy your own government from within is a wholly different customer base. And let's right. just say that, that you could start very easily with allowing smart guns to be sold, um, which is, you know, again, freedom, you know, the market can dictate somebody wants to buy a gun that only they can fire. They should have every right to do that. Um, the idea that somebody could take your gun far, from you and harm you with it or your kid can sneak it out of a cabinet and take it to school and fire it without permission, or that you couldn't put a guard on that, that if somebody has a mental health issue, um, you can give uh, the parents or a, or a responsible party the ability to basically shut off their thumbprint you know, on their guns for the time being. Now, could they get somebody else's? Could they get a free-flying one? Yes, absolutely. But it would limit what they would stack up. And you could say that kids... You know, like people under the age of 25, unless they've been in the military, can't have a non-smart lock gun. Right. You know, you earn that right over time, those kind of things. Um, and, and all that does, by the way, it doesn't stop you from using it. Um, it stops you from misusing it. And then, the, you know, the, the, again, having regular ones without that is one thing. But if you do it by choice you allow people to choose to do that, you eliminate a lot of the guns and the free flow of guns to the wrong people 
all the time because if you sell somebody the the gun, there's there's a there's a trail as to you know who changed of the fingerprint, um, all those elements, which would be incredibly value and stop these kind of things. The other right. thing is, and this was like, I don't know why this hasn't come up, but um, the the guy who shot up the place in and Ethan Crumbly also had this the, the Michigan shooter. Um, a lot of them have had these kind of um, run-ins where they were uh, they willfully went in on a psych hold, but they were mm-hmm. not involuntarily committed. And that you have to be involuntarily committed to keep you from buying a gun. I think that anybody who goes in on a voluntary psych hold should have a five-year pause on their ability to purchase a gun, especially if they're young. If you're, you know, 16 and you you go on a, a voluntary psych hold, and you know, at 18, like like this kid today, day before yesterday, rather, you could buy this gun at 18. There should be some sort of standard wherein you have to, you know, you can have that taken away from you, at least for an evaluation period. Let's say you can't do it. I mean, these are all just common sense, I would think. Right. You get, you go in, you get your parents commit you, or you go in on a psych eval and you have to stay over a couple of days. And it, and if there's a category of things, then you have to say what, but if you were like threatening somebody or threatening to harm yourself, those kind of things, which is usually what these things involve. Um, then once, once you turn 18, you, you have another three years after that or whatever, five years after that, before you can buy a gun. And if you want to, because you were a teen and you were going through a phase, you can go to a judge and, and have a hearing and say, you know, Your Honor, I'm fine. I want to be able to buy a gun to go hunting and do these things, and I'm sane, and here's why, and I got a psych eval, and I'm okay. Like, you do those things. I think that's a reasonable fix that that most even, uh, you know, I- even your most egregious pro-gun people would be okay with. And there's going to be a bunch of these things, um, you know, that people are going to propose. The problem is that after these big uh, attacks, we tend to throw them all in one bill and go after them. And I think right. one of the – one of the things we need to do is start uh, doing, you know, single serving laws about each of these things. What was the problem with this guy's ability to buy a gun that we can fix for that fits a law that's already on the books and it's a minor tweak. And I really do think if you start battening down the hatches in this particular arena by going, okay, he slipped through the cracks. Why? Well, we're going to, it was because of this. Okay. Well, let's just, do a mild variation on this, a three-month, six-month, seven-month evaluation, a, you know, a, a five-year moratorium on the purchase of ownership of guns, um, those kind of things, after having a, you know, a commitment like that or a, a, a non, you know, uh, custodial commitment, those kind of things. Like, you just fix that little piece. And I, I do think you could get those things through because then Republicans could pat themselves on the back and say, see, we did something. We're not doing all the other stuff and scaring off everybody else. And these are very specific to the problem at hand. And after, you know, and these will continue because they don't give a crap. And I'm like, Ted Cruz just ran off a list of like six mass shootings in Texas. He was like, I was in El Paso. I was down there in Albuquerque. I went to the one in da-da-da. I'm like, dude, do you see a pattern here? 
You <laughs> and think, they did nothing. You think your state, <laughs> yes, right. And you're still not going to change a damn thing. So they're going to keep happening in Texas. They are. They're going to keep happening in other states, but it's going to be worse in the states where they have a gun culture where everybody thinks they have the right to hash things out through, down the barrel of a gun. And in that process, right. you can it, it, those guys, even the Ted Cruz's of the world, um, maybe not all of them, but enough of them to get 60 votes, would be willing to add this like, if you've been, you know, if you've had a psych hold or something like that, a moratorium for, of five years for you buying a gun, and you can always have a hearing to undo it. Cool, cool. I think that's one of those things where you could, you could solve a bunch of these things. Right. You, know, you could actually, you know, you could potentially protect people, you know, anything helps. Any way that you can keep you know, elements of these things from ever happening again, you take them. You don't go all or nothing. There's too many lives that are too important that need to be saved um, to just kind of go, well, since we can't get everything, never mind. It's, that's, that's madness. And I mean, I, I do, I do, I am always for like doing things peacefully. Like you can't, sometimes incrementalism is the way to go. And then a lot of people just hate incrementalism because it's too slow for them and they're impatient. My only concern with even even the incrementalism thing is that our politics has become so toxic that the, the, pretty much the Republicans will oppose anything just simply because the Democrats want it, even if it makes sense. Even if they think it's a good idea, they'll still oppose it because the Democrats want it, and agreeing with the Democrat is a, is a sin. You can't, it's, it's the biggest sin you could do. Right. Well, a lot of the bills that pass are, are co-sponsored. And especially ones in the House, you end up having a Democrat and a Republican sign on to it. Um, and also, these people do have constituents. You know, the vast majority of, of people in the United States, polling-wise, are for common-sense gun laws. This is, this is one of those that you could argue. And, and, and again, I, I know it's like giving these folks, a, you know, an inch always seems to – you know, fighting you later. But if it ends up saving right. lives, I don't care because ultimately they're on their way out long term, anyways. So is the pressure from the voters in those like red states, for example, where they would agree with the the, the those things like the hold if you if you've had you know if you're, if you're voluntarily involuntary hold like the the voters that have to say if you don't pass this, I will vote for the other guy. I will vote you out for somebody who will do this. And they have to, they have to prove that they'll do it. And for Louisiana, you know, I have a feeling like you're very unlike, even though we have a democratic governor because he got lucky two times (laughs) because he, he he ran against the, the, the whoremonger the first time. And look, I'm sex positive, sex work is real work, but that's his 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 own standards that he set for himself, and then the next guy was sure. like was like a Trump wannabe with even less brain. Like he was not he was like a deer in headlights in the one thing that they had, and he was able to sure. just barely beat him because there was enough people who didn't care that he had no idea what he was doing. But enough people were like, it's insane to let this person take control, especially you know actually it was it was before COVID, and I'm so thankful that we didn't get that guy during COVID because we would have been in a much worse place. But I don't know how many people in like Louisiana would have the the, the guts to say, you know what, I'm not going to vote for you, uh, Kennedy, Senator Kennedy, if you if you don't support this, I'm going to kick you out and put somebody else in there who will support that. And if it ends up being Kennedy versus right. the Democrat, I, know, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think you're 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 absolutely right that they're not going to swap them for a Democrat. 
But what you would do over time is give a sensible Republican a toehold, and that mm-hmm. would move it in the direction that you want instead of this in- entrenched lunacy that passes for the Republican Party right now because, uh, you know, because, again, uh, the all-or-nothing stratagem. Um, so I, I'm always of the, of the belief that if you, give, if you give somebody in the primary who's just like a regular family values person – and that these people weren't choosing, like feeling like they had to pick between, you know, uh, the my their two choices are Rand Paul or AOC. That's the way they right. look at these fights, right? And they're never going to vote for AOC because that's not the area they are. And the only option they're getting is 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 Ted Cruz or, or you know or John Kennedy or something like that. That does not have to be the case. And um, and what you do is you give. You know, effectively, what are the Kasichs a, a chance? And then you're arguing politics and policy with someone instead of just some idiot who only um, pushes back because they've got a big R on their jersey. Right. I'd love to see that. I'd love, and, and and a lot of times, people on the left get angry when when people like Pelosi says we need better Republicans instead of just trying to defeat the Republicans. Like, but yeah, those we people need are idiots. better Republicans. We need sane. You don't have a choice. There there. is no such. There is no such. There is no such world where it's a world without Republicans. So you're either going to get good ones or you're going to get a mess. And if your if your argument is well, better to have the mess than you're just arguing arguing for the burning down. You don't really care about you know. Then it's just uh, it is it's you're just as much involved in the politics as they are. You know what I mean? There are there are no good R's. That's their version of there are no good Dems like that. And and if that's your approach, um, it's no wonder that um, they own all the rural states, even though a lot of policies that Democrats are for um, poll very well in a lot of these places. You gave it it to them. For the Affordable Care Act, each little piece of the Affordable Care Act polls very well amongst everybody. But. The Obamacare, mm-hmm. Obamacare polls terribly. Why? Because it's Obama's right. on it. But you know, what do you right. want this from the Affordable Care Act? Whatever it is, whatever this is. Uh, yes, that sounds great. Well, it's in the Affordable Care Act. Oh, and <laughs> but I mean, we have we have your loonies on on the left too. Uh, before before yeah. I tuned into your show uh, today this afternoon, I had flipped on uh, the Young Turks, and right. was it Anna Kasparian was talking was calling Biden sleepy. I'm like, first of all, right. does, you shouldn't be using a conservative talking point, a, you know, conservative name, right. and allowing them to, to get that foothold in there. And B, I don't know if, if you didn't watch Biden's speech last night after the shooting. I almost cried. He almost cried. Yeah. I mean, you have he's sitting there talking about children who died way too young. I mean, any children dying is tragic, but you know, this is a man who lost a child when he was. Younger he knows adults, what he's talking you know. about, right? He, he knows yeah. that yeah. feeling. He can empathize with those. And even if he hadn't done all that, he is still a type of person who can empathize. My grandparents knew him. They worked on one of his first yeah. campaigns. They were gushed oh, wow. what a good, decent human being that he was. And the only thing that that one I cried on inauguration day because I they would have they both passed away very recently, uh, but not they did not get to see him. Uh, get elected, and they would have loved to have seen that happen. But I mean, this, he, he has somebody with empathy, and his speech, you know, I mean, he, we all know he has a stutter, 
but he that speech was yeah. so well done and so so moving and for anybody to to mock him on that is just drives me crazy and it's like and they're like when are you right. going to stand up to the lobby i mean we don't live in a dictatorship biden can only do so much there's some things right. maybe he can do with executive orders but we don't live in a dictatorship he needs a congress that will pass things that he can then sign um, yeah the, the, like, lunacy, I, the lunacy of uh you know and i i push this on my show a lot and i hope people like can grasp this but we have 48 elected democrats in the senate we have right. two count them, two independents that that caucus with us but we absolutely do not the the republican party has elected more of their members than we have they through the process of democracy they have gotten more people elected. Now, they have a head start because of rural states with low population. That's also our fault because, right. you know, this, this fear, you know, or, or this derision of, around, you know, the mansionization of rural Democrats that they have to sound like AOC or, you know, the all or nothing concept has, has basically eliminated the possibility of claiming – you know, um, places like the Dakotas and other places, which we absolutely could get if, well, that if was, we were willing to recognize that the politics are the same everywhere. Let's see. Let me, let me pull up the tweet that I had. You know, there was, there was the election in, I think it was Texas, is 28th. Um, mm-hmm. Quaylar against, I forget the other person, but there's the incumbent who is a pro-life, pro-gun Democrat in that district. Um, and right. running against the progressive in the primary, and and it's a very close race, and it looks like uh, the incumbent won. Uh, but and and AOC was mad that the establishment supported the incumbent over the new person because the new person was more ideologically pure. But my question is, you know, if you look at the 2020 results in that election, you know, that count that that district went like I think like. 5149 or even closer Biden Trump whereas the incumbent uh the the person who the, the democratic congressman won with like 58% of the vote so there's there's plenty right. of crossover he did better than Biden and Biden did better than expected right and Biden did better than expected and he, and that guy won because he's a conservative democrat now do you want some do I want somebody who's as left as possible in every district sure but as left as possible, as long as they win. Like if it doesn't. Well, that's the other think... thing is, yeah, you do. Of course you do, but you don't live in that district. So right. you either believe in representative democracy or you don't. And the reality right. is, is that these folks, um, you know, like you're you're basically decrying representative democracy in those moments because these districts are not as left leaning as the blue states that she turned or the blue areas she and, 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 you know, Mo and, uh, and uh, like Jayapal and all these, like the blue areas, they turned bluer. All they did was run as a younger, fresher face in an area that was always Democrat. We don't have, none of the squad got elected in a purple district or a, or a red district ever, like in none of these areas. Um, it, and, it, you know, right. One of the things that though, when I saw what, I mean, I was happy to see AOC win when she did, cause again, fresh face, new ideas, good. Uh, but I was wondering, I was like, how are her supporters, the progressive people that helped put her into office, how are they going to react when she has to make a deal, when she has to not 
right. or, or support something that's not her ideal in order to get work done. And I've seen examples. There's well, examples where they, 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 they berate her for it. It's like, right. you know, and, and like with the Young Turks thing, I would, I was, I was watching the Young Turks bashing, you know, Biden for not doing things that he can't do. Um, and I'm wondering right. how they would have acted had Bernie won, had Bernie Sanders got the Democratic nomination, and had he won the presidency. But he, if he, but if he, with the same Congress, I'm not, I don't even think we would have had the same Congress. I think I don't know if right. Bernie would have won Georgia or won the Senate for the Democrats for Georgia. I don't know if Bernie would have brought enough votes along for that. No, Earth only Earth who knows. I, I don't think he would have, but it, it, that's a, that's a guess. Um, but what would they have done if you know you had Bernie Sanders with the existing Congress that? He can't get what he wants, and he wouldn't get Medicare Fail for me. all passed. He wouldn't get many of the things no. he ran on passed. Um, I'll, go, and... I'll, I'll, go one, I'll go one deeper on that. Okay, so there is no situation, there's no president without a, a military strike of some sort, even if it's defensive, even if it's an evac. We have troops in places that are very dangerous, and so to clear the road to get them out, um, to do all kinds of things, even if your idea was total extraction isolationism, the, as we learned in Afghanistan, when you're in some place for 20 years, just getting out is going to be brutal because you can't – there is no other way. So the, the question is, what is, what is the response to Bernie Sanders' first drone strike look like? Even if right. it's a perfect hit, no collateral damage, no civilian damage, which is the goal of every Democrat when they're in there, and Republicans every time they get in care less where those things land. There are no good guys. It doesn't. If we miss, we're just hitting some more. It's just a win of another kind. Whereas there's no way, you know, Bernie's going to send troops in, for example, to extract somebody. So it's going to be a drone because drones don't come home and flag Drake Coffin. And so he's going to do that. What do you think the response is going to be or the chances of him getting reelected past one term once that happens? Zero. Um, Also. Right. Yeah, the politicians campaign for, on their ideal, and then they have to then they have to govern from their reality. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people get mad of like, oh, Biden promised this, Biden promised that, and and like and no, so there's oh, I got this, and I'm like, you know, every single time a politician runs on a quote promise to get some sort of legislation passed, you know, it, it's always the there should always be the implied. If you also elect a Congress to get this done, to pass this to me so I can sign it, whereas, you know, like there's some things that you could do that you can make promises on and, and it doesn't require anything like somebody ran on. I'm not going to do signing statements, you know, and I think Obama right. did. Obama ran. I'm not going to do signing statements. Of course, then Obama did a signing statement. And at that point, fine, you would be correct in criticizing Obama for going back on a campaign promise, because that's an actual promise that he could have done without anybody else's help. Um yeah, but, until everybody was clamoring about DACA, by the way. Right, exactly. Um, because it turned out that was the only way he could salvage DACA. Right. But, but, but like, right. I ran for Congress back in 2004, and I made specifically on my, on my campaign side, I didn't make promises. I said, this is what I will fight for when in Congress. This, these are the what I will propose when I go to Congress. So I could follow through with my quote, promises, because my promises wasn't to get it passed, but it's to propose these things and try and get them passed. As long as I tried, I would be successful. But I'm not so pedantic that I'm going to require a congressperson to, you know, 
you know, maybe, you know, David Vitter made a promise or said that anybody who cheats on their spouse should resign from office. That is something that doesn't require anybody else's help. I criticized him for not resigning after it was uh, revealed. But, you know, people, voters should be smart enough to understand that when somebody says something on a campaign, there's implied other people have to help me do this or else I'm not going to get it done. So, and, and unfortunately, well, right. either Especially, they don't or, ironically, or the people. You saw, <laughs> right. You saw, you saw Anna's like screw the Democrats thing around Roe v. Wade the other day where she's like, right. I'm done. These Democrats don't do anything, blah, blah, blah. And, and the, the irony that, you know, it was her and TYT specifically that talked enough voters out of voting for Hillary Clinton that got Trump within shooting distance in swing states. Those 75,000 voters were people who left the president. You know, they voted in other things, but they, vote, they left out uh, a presidential candidate because while they were never going to vote for Trump, they couldn't bring themselves to vote for this neocon, neolib, neo-woman um, right. you know, that was running. And they had vilified her years as this baby-killing, warmonger monster. And then three weeks before the election, when it looks like Trump's going to actually win, they're like, but you should vote for her. You know, and, and they're like, our conscience is clear. We, we told everybody to vote for her. You what now? Um, so it, like, it, it's embarrassing. But the idea is, is you know, and I, I say this on my show, if, you, you know, if you're ever confronted with a choice that's the lesser of two evils, Choose less evil. Um, that's your I, only, I that's your only option. You. I got to the point where, I, where when you somebody what? says whatever, I'll be like, how Spark says, and I agree. <laughs> if you ever yes. run with choices of two evils, choose the less evil. Yeah, I give you credit. Yeah, and this is something This is something that parents, I think, as a as somebody with a son um, and, and somebody who cared about my own parents as one, um, in my own behavior – um, and in my own life, when I was, you know, in situations which might not have been ideal, um, you know, I, that's, you know, that was, that's the realistic thing. You don't get it. You don't get to not make a choice. That's not an option. You can right. BS yourself, not an option. If you don't make a choice in this, what you're doing is you're giving away that choice to someone else. And that level of trust game, especially when it comes to somebody like Donald Trump. And like I said, like, Trump's <clears throat> his um, you know c- civilian casualties while Trump was president from military strikes were um, every bit were you know he had as many civilian deaths in the first year of his presidency as 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 Obama did in all eight years and if you don't care about that number then I don't want to hear it's kind of it's just like pro-lifers who you know like the uh, capital punishment and and are pro-gun. I- it, you're, I, I know you're full of crap. Like, this is just a lie. You're basically right. just trying to get points for being special or, you know, or holier than thou. It's old-fashioned religious piety in a, in a, you know, in a fresh semi-atheist box or something. But it's not based on any real ethic or any, any, any belief that you can actually help anyone. Um, and nobody in this life, first of all, as far as incrementalism goes, Every great change in your life has happened incrementally, even after a revolutionary decision. You made a goal one year to lose weight or, you know, or work out or get healthy or any of that kind of stuff. But the, the work was done incrementally. The work was done um, 
you know, day by day, morning to night. You get up, you, you develop a habit, you, you know, you help yourself by, by staying consistent with it. They're, again, these are not – real change is, is never done through revolution. And if it is, it can be undone the same way. And, and that's the, one of the lessons I don't know that a lot of folks, you know, I mean, it's not sexy, but it's got teeth, as they said in the untouchables. You, you do the daily work. Nutri- you know, real health care is not about getting your stomach stapled. It's about a good diet and exercise plan and, and actually applying it and sticking to it every day. And that's how governing works. You know, there, there was a movie a while back, and the, the title was uh, Constant Gardener. And I've always mm-hmm. loved that, you know, that phrase as an idea around, you know, governance and creating um, a, you know, a, a functioning society. Because that's really what you're doing. You're always pulling weeds. You're always trying to, you know, make the, make it as best you can. Clean up the mess every day. You, I mean, it's nobody showers once and you're done. Nobody goes <laughs> to the gym once and you're fit. You know, it's absurd. So anybody right. who decries incrementalism, I'm like, uh, uh, so you just ate once and you're never going to be hungry again? What are you talking about? Like that, it, it, it's it's just odd. And all positive change, habitual change, is incremental um, and by, you know, sticking to a plan, being forgiving of yourself so you can get started over again if you fail, right? Which is also right. – antithetical in so many ways to the kind of purity uh you know ideas that they pitch at everyone yeah. because people have to be allowed to fail <laughs> yeah if an alcoholic falls off the wagon you can't have everybody go well you're not allowed back in aa ever again i mean i'm sorry right. you're just done like who would do that what what kind of cruel idea is that about your fellow humans and i think it's partly because we do tend to dehumanize politicians even though they represent us you know um you know tyt is always dehumanizing police officers like it's nonstop, like it's just gross and it's past the point of even like you know the Derek chauvins of the world it's just all of them all the time they're all this way to the point where gavin long a tyt viewer and one of their little cub reporters he did a couple of like you know, when they were doing that kind of citizen journalism stuff, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, he he shot four cops. One of them he killed three of them, ambushed them, shot them all in the head. One of them's permanently in a wheelchair, paralyzed cognitively. His, you know, he's never going to be the same again. He does not. He, he's, you know, he's basically living out his life as he waits away in a wheelchair. And what was TYT's response? They copyright blocked all of his videos so that people couldn't trace them back to the fact that he was a fan. Mm. Um, these folks do not actually have a plan for solving, you know, the genuine you know, concept of crime or any of these things. Um, they don't it's, – it's not their problem. What, their pro- what they do is they sell um, utopia to a bunch of people who are exhausted – and anxious and go, I can get rid of your, your anxiety and your exhaustion. I can talk you out of that because um, if only we got my one thing that I'm working on done, it would all go, it would all start working swimmingly. 
it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be um, piece by piece. If you just put me in charge, I'll do this. Well, that's never going to happen. It's never true. It's never been true. It wasn't true for maggots. It wasn't true for Trump. Look at how little he actually accomplished. Right. Pitiful. Um, I mean, if you look at what actually happened during the Trump years, our system managed incredibly well against his onslaught, keeping him, you know, well within the, you know, just the, the realm of just being a generalized Nixonian fuck up. I mean, the people, I mean, you have the people coming out now. They're like, he wanted to like shoot missiles Hang into, my in, into, into, into Mexico or whatever. And, and, and he was like, they, right. wouldn't, they wouldn't know it was us. I'm like, yes, they would yeah. know it was us because it's coming from the North. It's us. You right. know, don't be an idiot. Yeah, no, he, he, I mean, he was talking about like, he, yeah, he was talking about firing missiles at cartel sites and stuff like, cause he'd seen a clear and present danger and, right. and learned the exact opposite, um, uh, exactly. story. You know, he learned the exact opposite that, moral from that. That's a conservative thing, though. Like, conservatives, like, I don't think any, I think every conservative who read or had read to them The Boy Who Cried Wolf, I think the, the lesson that right. conservatives tend to get from that is we should continue to believe somebody who lies in case they tell the truth later. And, right. and like, well, you know, Trump lies yeah. this many times. Well, what if he's telling the truth this time? But you shouldn't trust him because he lied so many times. Oh, well, I mean, it's right. like, well, we and, and then we find out, you know, from it. and then we find out from Mark Meadows testimony that he, um, he, whether jokingly or not, floated the idea that maybe Mike Pence should be hung as people were chanting, hang Mike Pence. And apparently he was pissed that they were, they were getting Mike Pence out of there and getting him to safety because he thought him being in danger was gonna was the only thing that was gonna get him to to acquiesce and come around to you know to like stopping the electoral college count. Like and that's he, why he didn't I mean, he was, shoot him for hours. <laughs> right. And he was mad that well he's you know now that he's not there anymore. Well then who cares? Because he right. you know he'll just wait it out. We're gonna uh, well uh, crap. Now we got to go to Plan B, which is you know the Rudy Giuliani. We uh, you know pretend we already won. But, I mean, if Donald Trump, if they believe that Donald Trump won and is the real president, then they can't vote for him again in 2024 because it's illegal for him to have three terms, right? Right. But, you know, the system was torn away from him and it was rigged. And so it's okay to rig it that way. That's that's they all think that that's why they all um, they all voted twice. Like every time they find these people who voted voted multiple times. You know, their reasoning was was a, they thought they had the right to because Trump told them they could, which right. was just in lunacy. Um, but also they, you know, they they thought they you know wouldn't get caught or that you know they their excuse would be um, that you know he had he had told them that their vote was going to be stolen, so they were only voting once because they figured one of their votes would be stolen. Like it. <laughs> there, there's always going to be an excuse from those guys for him. Right. There well, it's like the old saying, the Republicans will be like, the government is so bad, now elect me and I'll prove it to you. Um, you know, voters, right. Republican voters will be like, voting is so is so uh, unsecure. Let me show you how unsecure it is. I'm going to vote twice and prove to you how insecure it is. Meanwhile, voting fraud. And like, then if they you get, look at, I did, a, I did a video. And then they get arrested on, and they're like, what did I do? You know, I'm just here for like, Trump. And then like they get they, mad. Like, 
I, I, I played a clip from um, um, Jake, um, somewhat of a, what's the guy's last name? Um, uh, the guy, one of the January 6th insurrectionists or whatever. And he's one of the guys, he got mad okay. at Trump because Trump didn't pardon him. I'm like, well, what do you think was going to happen? He was going to care about what you did? No, you were expendable. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, uh, you know, I, I've said this before, but like Trump thinks that if you win in court because you deserve to, it's, there's nothing impressive, uh, impressive about that. You, you know, if you're innocent, you get away with it. So what? You're supposed to. Right. And you're a sucker if you get if you got caught in the first place because you're, you know, supposedly, uh, you know, somebody thought you were guilty. Whereas if you're actually guilty and you get away with it, that really shows you're you're you've got, you know, skills. So that's why he likes right. these kind of like frivolous lawsuits, because if he lost, he didn't really care. It was a mess. Anyways, he was going to lose. And if he won, it was just like, look how I can wrap these courts around my finger. And a lot of times he would just use, yeah, and he would use other people's money specifically to try and, you know, outfend his opponents, kind of this Reagan-esque Cold War plan where he could, he basically had an unending supply of Deutsche Bank money that he could mm. sue, you know, HOAs and, and, and renters groups and, and the city. And, you know, he, and they were like, well, we could keep at this, but we're going to spend all this taxpayer money or go broke, and he's probably going to weasel out of paying it in the first place. So right. what difference is it? Or so on the contract you know, side, on the contractor side, they do a job for him. He says, I'm only going to pay you half, and then they're like, wait, and then there's like, well, sue us, and then they have to make them, do I pay attorney to, to get the money back and then lose more money than I got, or do I just take this money and suck it up? You know, it's, right. the guy's a grifter. I mean, he's, he's a Yeah, he's, he always he's, has been. Right. And they and it appeals to you know it appeals to that kind of people like they they're all very impressed by this like the, a dude who can scam the system if you've been told for your whole life that government is the problem the system is set up against everybody anyways the rich um, are you know are you know they got a head start on on everything and then you got this guy come along who just rigs the system and doesn't care he's kind of a you know like he's their version of Robin Hood. It's, it explains the mythology around him because they really do feel like he's their revenge against the system. Even if he means ill, even if he's, you know, a criminal about it, he's, there's kind of this Jesse James idea. They put his head on all these, you know, on Rambo and Rocky, but in reality they view him more as like Zorro or, you know, or Jesse James. And it's, um, it's not surprising that they stick with him in that regard because, again, you've had the system vilified for so long. I mean, Rand Paul, like Jimmy Dore ran a, a whole thing on, on Rand Paul, uh, and, and the, the concept was that, like, Rand Paul asked, I think, somebody from DHS or somebody, like, um, the greatest, you know, who the greatest liar in the, in the history of the world is. And they said, who? And he goes, the U.S. government, sitting U.S. senator. That's, a, right. that's like a Russia Today talking point. And, and secondly, have you ever been to China? I mean, um, sure, they have 4,000 COVID deaths. Get out of here. Like, right. it's, we're not even on that scale. It, like, we're, we bullshit. They lie. There's a huge difference. And, right. and the fact that 
that Rand Paul was, you know, selling this thing, but is one thing because that, of course, that's what he's going to say. He's Ron Paul's kid, right? They've right. always grifted all of the idea that we're outsiders that just happen to have seats in government. Like, what do you? I don't even understand how those people run for office because how how do you how do you claim that? How do you go? I'm an outsider, uh, you know, um, you know, I'm an outsider. You've been sitting in office for 16 years. Maybe they're going um, by the hate the player, hate the game rule. Like, you know, the yeah, game's rigged, well, but right, I need to that, play it because that's the way we do. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> although you mentioned right. you mentioned yeah, Trump and, and Zorro, I, and I can't help I can't help but seeing uh, George Hamilton's version of Zorro as as Trump, the gay blade. <laughs> yes. Right? Um. It, the The irony is is that you know. Trump and and Trump's getting long in the tooth. He's getting boring. A lot of his uh, um, he had massive failures um, from his uh, um, uh, like his uh, I guess uh, sales points that he was you know he was going to be the uh, the the like GOP whisper coming come this fall and then you know Purdue eating it so bad. Herschel Walker is going to lose. A lot of the Trump friendlies are having a real hard time. Even MTG is having a hard time raising money. Um, and she right. was fundraiser um, in the Republican Party last year. She raised more money than any uh, than any other Republican, which is stunning, considering her, she's in this little pissant Georgia district. Right. You know, like who cares? There's nothing there. This is not one of those districts where, like, oh, we got to – you don't realize this is where Dow Chemicals headquarters is or this is where right. the NRA's offices are. Or, but they you know, love like her. Some, yeah, well, that's, you know, because she's, a, you know, she's a Q and she's a spoiler and she's a mess. And, and um, I mean, she, they like the idea that, you know, she's a gibberish queen. The, the problem you have is – is that in that district, I have no doubt that a mansion-like Democrat um, possibly wins. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to float one because, the, you know, for all the talk about, you know, the, the uh, party establishment and the party elite, um, the, you know, the AOCs um, around us are, would never stand for them running somebody like that in that area. They're not going right. to allow I, it. Like, I had an yeah. argument with somebody on Twitter one time. I've been, you know, maybe I shouldn't waste my time with that. But I was having a discussion with somebody um, about, you know, trying to, you know, move moving things to the left, you know, and in Congress would require, you know, replacing, you know, like, like a centrist, you know, Republican with like a centrist Democrat or something. And the guy, the person I was arguing with had a problem with that because that just makes the, the Democratic Party more conservative. So the, it's like they would rather... Oh, have doesn't. a more progressive Democratic Party that doesn't have control than a, on average, right. less progressive Democratic Party that can control and can get the wins, at least some wins that we need. It, it's bizarre. Right. I don't well, understand the, the line yeah, of thinking. The, the logic is is that they, they also have been told at some point that a lot of these, these talking points that these uh, – you know, that they could win in those areas if only – if only the establishment would get out of the way. If a if a Democrat can win in this area, any Democrat can win in this area, and that is not the case. Certain kind of Democrat can win in that area, and anything shy of that never has a chance. 
Um, but this, you know, this kind of goes along with the, with the, you know, the Bernie Sanders aspect. Bernie had a 30% ceiling. He was never going to clear that nationally. It, he could, he could run away with the Democratic Party at some point if all, everything worked perfectly and get the nomination. But he was never going to get more than 30% of the vote nationally. And the, and the weirdest part is that he would end up having to court the, you know, a, a big portion of you know, left-leaning, independent, Occupy crowd, yada, yada, that don't vote, that have been talked out of voting by Lee Camp and Jimmy Dore over the time. And, and because he wasn't willing to, you know, go scorched earth, they already gave up on Bernie. Like the, the most vicious things I've ever heard said about Bernie Sanders come from his former supporters, mm-hmm. which just goes to show you, like, you know, putting your eggs in their basket is a mistake. Right. Apparently, some people are talking about something with my moderator in the chat. I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I don't have that enough. Happened. I don't have enough. I don't I have, have enough no attention. Doubt. To, yeah, I, I don't have enough right. attention to, to moderate, and I don't have anybody else who is a moderator in my chat. So the, there's some weirdness going on in the chat. But hey, chat, how's it's it going? Always an issue. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I can only good. hope to be but, able to have uh, to eventually get some moderators on to help clean things up, you know. But that that's yeah. Us. Probably a later date. I've got I a remember of, I've there's got a only 58 likes and 104 people. viewers. There's only 104 viewers and 58 mm-hmm. likes. So like, smash that like button. Uh, what'd you say? Oh, I was saying um, I've got some uh, lovely moderators. Over, you know, and as my show's grown over time, it's been a you know, it's always a learning curve, and it's, right. uh, you know, it's it's never you know, you know, every single channel somebody starts on you know on YouTube or Twitch or any of these things is very different from every other one. You can, you know, there's things you can learn certainly, but it, but who your audience is and what they will do. Um, and when is, uh, you know, it's sort of up to them. And, and if you want them to be a real organic, a genuine audience, um, then you just got to be patient with it and let it come naturally. If you, you know, if you want these big sock puppet accounts, it's real easy. It's clickbait and and uh, and just you know all or nothing politics and destroy your own party and right. off you'll go, man. It's a, you're printing money in a week. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that's not how I roll. So I do I do notice no. I do see like Andrea Brower and other folks who are moderators on yours are in the chat. Yeah. So shout out to y'all. Thank y'all They're for great. joining. I appreciate they'll y'all. Be, they'll look. They'll keep an eye out for trouble for you <laughs> at the very least. I think. Yeah. they'll let you know if there's, if there's somebody needs to batten down the hatches. Um, while you're at it, though, uh, sign up for Nightbot, um, and that'll do some of the – that'll keep the people who just come in and drop, you know, racially insensitive language and grotesque epithets, you know. Right. That, you can at least have that baseline, um, right. which is very helpful. I did have a, an odd, a, an oddball question that I thought of the other day while listening to the show. You ever thought about doing an April Fool's Day show where you did House Sparks MAGA worldwide and just have Fikas do the whole show? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the <laughs> the funny thing is, is that at you know I would have to do it super over the top, or a bunch of my fans would would have a vapor lock. Like I, right. the whole purpose of my show is to help people let off steam and feel better. So it, 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 it's counter, you know, to my my method to try to, to like genuinely April Fool's anybody around that. So it would have to be, you know, cartoonishly big. And I think Fikas would be perfect. Right. 
Um, yeah, and even but, that, like, I've, I've, I've had that way. idea that the conservative show that I want to listen to in the morning, I, I was having this idea of telling Jeff, I was like, cause I know him. And I was like, Hey, why don't you have me come on April 1st? And, and you could, and you could just like shock your listeners with, you know, the fact that I've taken over the channel, uh, I've taken over the station or the show. And then I'm like, it probably right. would leave in droves and never come back. Not understanding the fact right. that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't look at the calendar. They wouldn't care. They would just have panic right. attacks and, and write write nasty letters and then threaten everybody. It would be um, like the scene I mean, in um, Chappelle's show when when they realized that the uh, that the Klansman was actually Clayton Bigsby, a black black guy. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that going around, and I will say that um, seeing at least in my certain, I've all, I mean, I guess I've always seen it in my crowd. But even in like going out to stand-up shows, um, uh, that I've seen a lot of people um, starting to lighten up about the stricter aspects of you know the 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 purity worries that people were having. Um, right. I I just like I just don't see myself getting you know canceled because of a misunderstanding at any time soon. Like I I honestly have no problem with being canceled if I was if I genuinely changed who I was and I was saying stuff that was just awful and blah, blah, blah. And it was aimed at my audience and my audience decided to take a walk. That's their, that's their right. You know, right. they can cancel, right. They should be able to go whatever. But the, but the idea that it could happen because of misunderstanding was an ongoing problem that a lot of, uh, you know, people were worried about. And I just feel like we're moving past that some, which I think is a good thing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if it sticks, but I, and I think it will, because I think you have a generation of, these, of folks that were, you know, coming up in a lot of these issues and they're watching sort of reality set in of what it takes to make real social change. What, you right. know, what, what, it, what's necessary and that it doesn't happen kind of magically out of nowhere. And I think that's a healthy thing. Everybody, once you realize that, um, you know, you recognize that there are, you know, limits even still um, on your, you know, on your ability to change yourself, much less some stranger that you've been judging way harsher than you would judge who, you know, who you are and what you what you stand for. Um, so right. I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. It's, I think I have, I have faith in my fellow humans. Um, the, you know, the, I'm hoping to see, a, a sort of divergence from the TYT model where my side, you know, while we're not gullible, we are, we can afford to be kind again. Right. Because that's gotta be part of the essence of it. You know, if we're the, you know, uh, you know, forgiving people's foibles and, you know, as far as addiction and stuff like that, or we're, um, you know, as, as people, you know, for, you know, sex positive about sex work and people, you know, their their own gender issues don't have to be worked out for us to respect them, you know those kind of things. If if we stand for those things for real, we also can't be kind of embittered, bossy uh, maniacs who you know who are effectively like moral busybodies with no standard of our own. And I think that's a mistake. So I I'm I'm increasingly hopeful. That you know we're we're that as people are growing up, literally aging into it, as, as the millennials and the Zoomers, you know, are graduating college and the like, 
they're getting a more realistic view of their own lives. And I think that helps because patience with others and patience with yourself are inextricably linked. And I, you know, I feel like most people's anxieties that they have is that they're so bitterly unforgiving to strangers that they become bitterly unforgiving of themselves. And then Mm -hmm. it just becomes a brutal, you know, experience for them. Everything they do is wrong. Everything is worry. Everything is pain. And I just feel like that's, you know, it's unfair to the rest of humanity and it's unfair, unfair to yourself. Right. And like, I I try and, you know, I, I always try and be like, when it comes to like dealing with folks, like, you know, I mean, one of my, you know, one of my most, uh, favorite listeners and one of my person who's, who's probably the biggest supporter of the show is, is, you know, somebody who, I mean, we disagree on some stuff and he's, he's, you know, probably a, a he, he voted for Biden because he wasn't Trump and not because he supports Biden right. and everything. And like, so I, I definitely don't, you know, demand like an you know, ideological purity. And I, I do think that people need to, from all sides need to realize like what the threat is and that we all need to stand together. Uh, the only only problem with that is sometimes when people do start acting bad and start acting badly uh, and, and, you know, do things like, you know, I try not to pick on the Young Turks that much. But when she called Biden sleepy, I was like, no, you have to draw a line somewhere. And, yeah. and some, you have to be able to tell your allies that, hey, you're doing this wrong and we need to do better. And there should be room within ally allyship. Uh, of you know, if, if you were, if you're on the criticism. same general side, there should be room to to give that criticism and to accept that criticism. Because you know, I used to be a terrible Agreed. person when it came to accepting criticism before. I've tried to do better now. I try to you know, if somebody gives me a criticism instead of just knee jerk reacting, I kind of just sit back and let it marinate. And like, well, why did this thing? Why was this thing said to me? And and then try to figure it out. Like I like, there's a lot of times mm-hmm. when like you know, I have this. Uh, I started a video series. I can't. I haven't worked on it in a bit but it's like coming to terms with activism where i talk about terms used in activism and and you know people like you know get like a reaction jargon ridiculous yeah all the jargon that you hear and i was like you know like one of the things i heard one time was like you know fragile masculine or fragile masculinity and i was like what what are you talking about like and, and like immediately i realized Oh, the fact I couldn't handle the fact that masculinity was being called fragile and I acted badly to it, thus proving the fragility that they were trying to talk about in the first place. So, you know, kind of one of the things, the overlying themes that I would have in these, in some of the videos that I've made, and I need to make more, is that, you know, when you hear something that seems jarring to your worldview, don't go with that gut, like, oh my God, reaction, sit, let it marinate, think about it and try to understand what the other person, what the other person might've been talking about. And as such, you know, you can perhaps get a better understanding and either you'll, you'll come to it yourself or you'll be in a better place where you might have better, more constructive questions to ask. And then, so at the end of the day, you can have a better feeling as to why the other people are saying what they're saying. And you might not always agree, but at least you have a better understanding and, and you have it and you've done so in a nice and in a civil way instead of instead of an argumentative, toxic way. Um, and, right. And I think that's the way I've kind of learned to to deal with the things that I might not understand, but i I'm more likely to understand now that I give the time. So a lot of the times, you know, when, when people, you know, either to the left or to the right of me say things that I don't initially agree with, I, I just take the step back and be like, okay, let's chill. But of course, sometimes it's just too much and you have to say something. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's better to 
to live within a space where you recognize who you are and where you're working towards, you know, your ethical failings and successes, what you're trying to do or whatever. And then you will automatically hear what other people say through that lens. Nobody is genuinely smart, studies, you know, considers things, you know, achieved a doctorate or whatever, those kind of things and done the actual work. Um, worries about it when someone calls them a, uh, calls them stupid randomly. You don't right. get, you know, you're not on your heels about that all the time, nor should you be. So, to me, I just kind of live like that all the time. So it 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 you know it's sort of a walking meditation. I don't really feel like I have to even respond to those kind of criticisms if I as long as I my my main response is, am I living up to my standard? And if my answer is yes then their criticism is based on something else or is simply just an ideological difference. And ideological differences I'm completely comfortable with um, right. because I've, you know, I've through. And I also know that, um, that, you know, life is often made up of the next best thing, you know, that you are doing your best with what's available, not with what, you know, sh- the should in the world. Because you, I think as Tony Robbins used to say, you, you end up shooting all over yourself. And that's, and that's, you know, that's something we have to recognize, I think, as, you know, as people going forward and, and all of the, uh, all of the manipulative social media stuff we hear about that the Russian troll farms are doing, all this stuff is meant to drive a wedge on purpose. Um, All of that stuff is designed specifically to get people to be unforgiving and to not listen and to tr- talk across purposes um, using jargon. That's how you do it. That's how you freeze people in 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 place. Is you you know you 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 tower of babble them. You scatter them across the globe, and you confound their language so they may not understand each other. And that's you know that's a that's a terrible way to operate. It's you know and and if somebody's if the most important thing um, is is the, is your jargon? Then you care more about how you communicate something than that you communicate something, and that's always our, you know, as humans, that's you know, that's a constant and never-ending struggle. Very true, and, I, I, and sometimes I do find that, um, especially on on our side, on on the left wing of the of the political spectrum, uh, that you know, a lot of times, too many times, we will fight. We will, even though we agree on ninety five percent of the stuff, we we fight over the nine percent, like and 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 cause that yeah. to to just you know ruin you know things that we want to work on. When we sometimes you just got to be like accept the fact we're not going to agree on that five percent, but here's this other ninety five percent that we absolutely agree on. Let's work on that together. Well, yeah, the you know the other aspect is that how serious is the problem? Because the more unforgiving and and frozen in place you are quite frankly, the less solution-oriented you will be, and therefore it's more of a game to you. Right. It's more about, you know, staying on teams, not going offside, painting within the lines, and, and sticking to the rules of the Super Bowl than it is about, you know, actually winning, actually solving a crisis. You know, if you're treating a, a flood like team sports and you're trying to save people from drowning, you know, um, that that just says to me you're more concerned about how you look in the situation than how the actual you know saving people goes. Right. It's you know, and that's 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 the crucial thing to me. 
it's really always been about how do you how do you help as many people as possible and you know and 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 it, as quickly as possible because the quicker especially if it's a very serious problem triaging people in these circumstances is incredibly important because then those people can get to helping other people that spread that that success and and uh and function matrix spreads on and on the more people you help immediately if you're just waiting for the big day to save everybody you're doing it alone or at least feeling like you are or dwindling your resources instead of setting people free as you come upon them and then allowing those people to join in with you um and that's that's one of the problems with the all or nothing setup is that you know these people end up like feeling out you know anxious and outmatched because they don't have any friends they don't have any support structure the group that they're in is is dwindling the meetings start getting smaller and smaller nobody seems to care it's you know a big part of that is is simply because you know you won't you know take the wins as they come yeah and everybody could probably do a better a much better job of of taking the wins as they come i know i I'm working on that myself personally. <laughs> I know like a lot of times yeah. I, uh, I'm very good at giving other people advice and I'm very bad at taking my own advice. Sure. That's a common but, problem. Uh, Tim Farrell says great analogy, Al. Not sure which analogy that was, but he says you made a great analogy. So I just want to let you know. <laughs> oh, right on. Well, thank you. So, I, it, it's right. one of, it, as a comedian, I feel like I'm in the analogy business. That's right. you know, it's kind of what we, you know, comedy is an is uh, uh, bad analogies and bad similes that turn out to be right. <laughs> right. That's the you know like it the the honest response. Yeah. So that's, that's um, true. I mean, so yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I think there's a a reality to um, you know sometimes you got to stick to your guns in terms of you know what you're you're trying to accomplish and see it through. But a lot of people right. try that strategy without ever making the initial success, which is really wonky. You know what I mean? Like you, it's not a, even a winning strategy. And again, what they take as a winning strategy, and you know, in some democratic circles, and Trump is doing the exact same mistake: is you know, turning blue districts bluer, and Trump's trying to turn red districts redder. He's trying to like move all these you know people that, on you know, for all practical purposes. Um, should be regular run-of-the-mill Republicans, and then he boots them out in a primary with somebody who's super MAGA, ultra MAGA, or whatever, and then they lose. They're going to lose the general. They're going right. to, you know, they're done. Georgia, and that's Georgia. Of, yeah, might win Georgia. Georgia is a great example. He managed Thank to. God. Yeah, he managed to split that Republican vote up, and you know, he's he's so against. I don't even get why he's against Kemp because it's not like Kemp worked against him, but. You know, he, he he's his ego is too fragile to oh, deal with gotta, the fact that would it still got a chip on his shoulder about it's just yeah. because I mean if you're selling the idea that um you know that there was you know that it was rigged and you have to believe that or you're gonna you know um or you have to admit you lost to Sleepy Joe, right. um, which is you know the biggest pain of his life. Um, it's it's far easier to um to just you know go against anybody who wasn't with you is against you. Um, and that's enough. That's all you're going to need. It's all he's got. You know, he's just, you're, you're, you're with us or against this because it even, it sounds tough, 
right? It sounds a lot better than we need to work together and build coalitions and da-da-da. I mean, that sounds gay and female um, (laughs) from his standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, that's how they react to stuff. Like, like manly men, man to man doesn't do that. That's not how manly man works, you know. It's it's, It's idiocy. But it's all he's got. It's all he's got. And and there's, you know, and and we're we should be very lucky. We should count. We, we are very lucky. We should count ourselves as very lucky that that's exactly what's going on, because yeah, and, it's, and hopefully it's, that continues, if you want a but, recipe for losing, that's it. And that's all right. Trump has ever done his whole life is lose. Even winning the presidency was a loss for him. It's right. going to be the biggest mistake of his life. Right, right. He, he, when he won, he was like, there needs to be counts in this state because I didn't win by enough. Like, they should not yeah. count these votes because I think I should have won California. Like, really, dude? Well, like, that goes, he, right. That goes to my theory that he actually bought lots of votes during the last election, that all the fraud they're finding is him and that he right. paid for it because he thought he was going to win the Electoral College again because he thought that was a ringer. And so he wanted to boost the, the, uh, popular vote so he wouldn't be embarrassed with the second round and there and that is the reason why um the only people saying we don't want to recount we don't want to look don't pay any attention to what happened during the election are republicans because they helped him do it and they don't want to get busted right you're like dude you can't look in there why because that's where all the fake trump votes are hidden you know they'll find all the biden votes we we removed the real Biden voters who really voted, we we burned all those room where all the ash is. And if they, you know, do a forensic look at them, they're going to notice that those are, you know, real ballots. So, uh, like, right. I I honestly think like he he thought they could do this little bit like trickle vote all over the country, minor fraud everywhere would boost him up, and they just committed to it. That's my theory because it nothing else makes sense. Because why is a Republican in any of these areas where he thinks there were shenanigans going on, would you not want them to look? And why does he specifically know where it all took place and almost by the numbers? Right. Well, it's because he paid for it. He's got the receipt right. to borrow, you know, to paraphrase Bill Hicks. Right. Sign me, yeah, me 1,300 votes in Georgia so I can win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's, you know, and the reason it wasn't, you know, He's not going to get prosecuted in Georgia because at, by that point he has a plausible deniability um, as just being an idiot. Because right. everywhere he talked, he was like, it was stolen from me. There's like 100,000 votes. And he's going, I was saying just find me 17,800 because I know there's 100,000. I don't need you to find all of them. I just need to win the election and we could sort the other ones that were stolen from me out later. That's going to be his defense and it will work because it's all in your head. And nobody can tell them any different. Well, one of my one of my favorite things is like when the when the when the Trump supporters don't believe, like how could Biden win because he was campaigning from his basement? And I'm like, that's really more embarrassing for Trump now, is it? <laughs> he lost to somebody who well, and also we were all in our basements, dummy. Right, we well, were all at home. Uh, you know, the, the, at least the responsible ones were. The irresponsible ones were going to Sturgis yeah. or going to you know Trump rallies. Going to sure. going to well later on oh, in the process. But not, you know, right, not right out of the, you know, not right out of the gate. In the beginning, there was, you know, we were, the lockdowns were fairly consistent because Trump was still president and his own people were buying some of it, even though they were like, you know, anti-Fauci lunatics. They were right. still committed to 
best they could to the idea that he knew what he was doing. He was in control and all this kind of stuff. It's amazing to me how many of these idiots um, are do this whole thing about how like um, Trump is a leader. He's the only guy who's done everything that he should ever do. And you'd always do. And he's the greatest ever guy because he's the real leader and nobody else could tell him what to do. And then you're like, well, why did this, all the lockdowns happen when he was president? And they're like, yeah, that's because Fauci made him. And you're like, all right. Okay, <laughs> Fauci made him. Yeah, Fauci didn't just make quit him. it. But even that, yeah, even no. that though, like, like the, but then like you know, he's on tape, you know, saying that he downplayed the he downplayed the virus, and he, you know, I was I always said during the during that, especially the end of his presidency, that we should all have diabetes because Donald Trump liked to sugarcoat things so much. You know, but he, but he, he right. wanted to make it everything look better because everything is, everything is, you know, a salesman pitch to him. He wants you to, he wants you to buy his new scam. Yeah, so you have to believe it's the best thing possible. He's a condo salesman. Right. Yeah, he's a condo salesman. Like none, of, none of this really matters. And if he doesn't make the sales because you're an idiot um, or you didn't really have the money in the first place, uh, any of that shit. Right. Like it's, it's, it, it, and it, and and again, that's why he's a loser. He's uh, that's why he always loses. He just does. It's what he does. It's how he does it. Um, and Nobody's I don't better at get losing than how... me. I'm the best. I'm the best loser. Right. Well, it it, is it, what it's it an is. argument for that. Right. Yeah. Is you know, this is a a strategy you know that has worked for him in New York. Did not farm out you know if you have an analogous life um it's that system is just not going to work everywhere it just isn't and um and that's something that's difficult for somebody like him to recognize that the system set up in new york which protected all the real estate developers and the russian money and all that stuff um doesn't work in the rest of the country it just doesn't it can't because it's, there's too many moving parts. New York has a very specific setup. You know, it's it's manipulable um, and right. and can still look like a big win. Um, the rest of the country is there's it's too porous, and that was the problem that he had. You know, was that everywhere he turned around, there was somebody who, you know, um, didn't like what he said by a little bit in a way that he'd never experienced before in his kind of semi-charmed second generation rich kid life he's not used you know he wasn't at like watch uh, look at watch when he asked a follow-up question right like he calls people wise guys and jerks and all that kind of stuff simply because he, they asked him a question he didn't answer it and then they asked him again I, I did a Stuart Varney interview that we had seen before but I hadn't seen the top of it today mm-hmm. and and Varney kept asking him like what would you do different than what Biden is doing and he was like, well, it would have never happened. And I know that it would have never happened. And it's a fact that it never would have happened. And you know, like, yeah, Many but what would you have done differently? Yeah. Lot, you know, everybody knows that Putin, I don't know, something changed there, but this is an atrocity. And more, right. however many dead they say there are, there's always going to be more. It's going to be worse and more terrible, but it never would have happened if I was there. And that's that. And that, but ultimately, again, it's like, how? How did that happen? How in the world, um, you know, did you like what? What would you do different? What would? What is it? What name one thing you would do different? 
he went to uh, um, we've got to send drones in because we've got great drones. And then uh, we've got to – Biden needs to, quote, mix it up um, when he's talking to Putin um, and mention nukes because we have them too. Like, so that's your plan. Ratchet up the threat of nuclear war. Brilliant. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's childish. It's, I mean, the man is a toddler. The amazing thing, though, is, is how many of his followers, you know, as desperate as they are, are, uh, you know, for a hero, are, are, I mean, he's really on a hot fade. They're having a hard time. They're trying to rally behind DeSantis, but DeSantis is such a dweeb that they're, right. you know, he just, He's not, you know, Trump's a dweeb too, but at least he's a second generation rich dweeb. Right. Um, that was the thing. Um, and it's it's stunning to me that anybody thinks he's going to run again or that it's going to be a real thing because he's so not. Like he's right. so not. Um, but, you know, I, I, I enjoy watching them flail about. And um, it's a, you know, increasingly. Um, if that's who they want to back, you know, my thing is, is like, by God, if you think he's going to run or he's worth it, please, please, please give him all of your money and <laughs> dedicate every dime you have to getting him, re- you know, reelected. Because, you know, like, no, none of the money going to his super PAC, none of it is going, any, you know, to uh, – um, to Republicans anywhere else, not going to the Senate, it's not going to the House, it's not going into any of these areas. Like, and so good. Let him spend it, paying his golf bills and all this kind of crap. Right. Paying and, off his and, uh, paying and, off his loans. Yeah. Coach banker. Yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, it's exactly what he's doing, and I'm for it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how. One of the things out. though that that you know with the whole Russia thing though is that, and you said. You said what I've been saying too, and I think we may have come upon it independently or whatever. But it's the, yeah. the idea that why why does he not think that Putin would have attacked because he didn't have to? You know, Putin didn't attack yeah. Ukraine in the four years that Trump was president because Trump gave him everything he wanted. He ceded power in the Middle East. Right. He, he was weakened he NATO. Was he, NATO. He's trying to dis, he's trying to dislodge Germany by saying you guys are are you know beholden to Russia for oil. So you better rethink it because you're going to have to surrender to them because, you know, all that tough talk was even about driving a wedge between NATO and Germany. And even right. in many ways and worse, um, you know, if, you know, once the Ukraine invasion started, there was no way the kind of aid that they're getting from the Biden administration and the American people would have come in. He would have just used it as an excuse. Like it right. would have been done. You know, he would have, like you to just look and, and there's a talk about how, um, initially, how China saw their how how it would be for them to take Taiwan, which was it'd be this overwhelming attrition thing that would happen in a couple of days. They would just surround and blockade the place, you know, pour soldiers in everywhere, basically arrest almost every Taiwanese um, citizen that wouldn't go along with it. Right. And then by the time the rest of the world stood up and found out what had happened. It was already there, and so we've moved to diplomacy because they've got nukes and we've got factories there. That's what their right. thought was. That's not how it's going to shake out. It's not what's going to happen. That said, um, you know, and they, they now know that in watching what happened in, you know, with Ukraine. That said, that was the plan to some degree with Trump and, and Putin was that 
if without the United States be, pushing all this aid in and and realigning NATO and getting everybody on board, and there there is no success for Ukraine. Ukraine Kiev would have been taken. I mean, that's why they thought they could because they right. bought the Sleepy Joe nonsense. They brought right. that well, storyline. Yeah, they call him Sleepy Joe. They also call him like Beijing Biden. Like what the Charles do? It's always sleepy, whatever, bankroll Beijing Biden. And I'm like, they're always criticizing right. him for being in Biden, for being in China's pocket, being in China. China owns. China's the biggest threat. China's a bigger threat than Russia. You know, Biden is too hooked up with China. Then the moment Biden says something about, well, we would defend Taiwan if they if they went after Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, the the, the same conservatives are now like. Should, should should we really right. be talking about that? We have problems at home. We shouldn't we shouldn't be getting involved right. in, that, in that in that conflict. We shouldn't do all that. That's more. I mean, it's like they need to make up their minds, but they right. won't because, well, because their mind is just oppose anything Biden does. Yeah, and, and it it has nothing to do with their actually giving a crap about any of those issues. It's about retaining power in the United States because the United States is the biggest economy on earth. Um, right. It is, you know, we buy twice as much. Like we are, the number two economy in, in the world is China, uh, allegedly, by the way. I, increasingly, I find their numbers to be bullshit. They're bad now anyways, but they're getting worse all the time. Um, and, you know, we're, our economy is $26 trillion by GDP. 24 right. is considered drawback for us. Like Russia's is 1.4. You know, China's is 11, and it's on its way down. Um, that's why people are fighting tooth and nail and are so brutal about, you know, winning over control of the United States. Because the amount of power you even have as, like, even as a podunk Georgia congressperson is, <laughs> is, greater than some heads of state in other countries as far as right. the, the control resources you have i mean it's not even close so i i mean it's it's never any surprise to me that you know that everybody's fighting for this you know for a piece of you know of america in that regard while you know while crap talking it the irony though is that it bites them in the butt because it's bad for the stock market it's bad for the market and it's bad for business overall if you keep talking the market down if you keep talking the country down and they you know that's a real issue for them um you know on the on the republican side because even though trump's like we're you know this whole like our country's going to hell nonsense um Mm -hmm. when in reality you know if that was true then in two years it'll be decimated clearly so what are we even talking about you know like what you can't salvage it and he's even talked his, – like his, his tone is so extreme that there is no end game. Um, you know, right. there is no version where there, America is fixable once he comes – you know, once it comes back. Well, I mean, I don't think they really want – I mean, they're, they're so – they so hate, like, so many people who are Americans. Like, I mean, I, I pose this question to, to, uh, to the conservative show. I was like, look, you had your option. You, you could choose between um, having a, a fair election where everybody votes, but everybody, every single person who is eligible to vote does vote, and, it's, and every vote is 100% valid, or you could have Donald Trump be dictator for life, 
um, which would you choose? And of course, the host was like, you know, oh, I'm going to choose the, the voting. But I, I think most of the voters would probably be like, I'll take Trump as dictator for life. You know, I, I'd rather yeah. that I'd rather that than risking a Democrat being in control. Uh, yeah, because the liberals are going to they're going to rig the election anyways. Right. That's, you know, right. again, once you convince people that, you know, who the enemy is, you can just maintain that forever. You can just, you know, you're, anything you do is justified. You know, we talk a lot about how, like, people will dehumanize minorities, for example, um, in this right. country and, and in an attempt to wipe them out, you know, like the, the Germans did with Jews. There's a con- been a concerted effort um, in, in, you know, in this country, um, against this country, I would argue, um, by, you know, foreign actors and some internalized actors um, over time to convince the American people that the biggest enemy they have is the government, that that's your, your biggest threat is going to, is going to be the government. And um, they've taken it to heart. It's not even like, you know, the, the reason it's the, the biggest threat you have is the government is because you really, as an American don't live in a world of threat. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of, argument about it's domestic so terrorism and everything else on the outside that we can't see the, the threats that the government protects us from. Right. And, and nor should we, and we're, right. and we're and quite take so much of it for granted from just food safety to, um, you know, to the, the idea that, you know, foreign, you know, terrorists try all the time to do awful. And for all the times that if they've gotten through spectacularly, they have not killed people on the numbers they did on 9/11 since, and they certainly haven't done it, um, and you know, in terms of like, uh, you know, volume of human beings, you know, like it, what like you would see in Yemen or something like that, where people just in general like are constantly dying, just constant. Is like like you know, if you listen to Republicans, it sounds like they're the Palestinians. Right. <laughs> that's that's how they talk about everything. And and that you know the the they are there's no escape, you know, except for revolution. And there's a bunch of by the way, there's a bunch of like Republicans who, you know, buy this kind of story um, you know, but there's a bunch of them who just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they kind of shake it off as a concept. But in reality, they you know, you have to push back hard against an idea like that. You can't just go, yeah, well, I, I see what you're saying, but they're like, no, you talk like that. That means the response has to be equal to the threat. And that's, that gets really dangerous real fast. Right. Well, and that's the way they think. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes that's people do have a hard time pushing back on things, even when they should. And uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. One th- yeah. Just the other day, I was, I was talking about this before you came on. Um, my AC guy, you know, is, is a really reliable, very good, you know, he, we can call on him and he can come fix it whenever he can. And he's reasonable. He never tries to, you know, you know, give us, you know, cheap labor or oversell us and everything. But then like after the work was done the other day, all of a sudden he starts talking about, you know, how he just heard about this new thing that he thinks he's going to do. It's the whole sovereign citizen movement. And now, and he also is, you heard all of the, you know, how ivermectin is really good for you. And I'm like, oh my God, 
Like, do I do I tell this guy how stupid he's being and lose the good AC guy, or do I, or do I, do I uh, tell the, or do I, or do I just just kind of sit here and absorb it and slowly let my mind explode? Well, yeah, the I mean, obviously the issue um, with a lot of these, you know, I mean, he sounds kind of late to the game, quite frankly. Um, that you uh-huh. know, but. A lot of the folks that you know buy into this stuff, you know, it's it's less about what they've come to believe, and in in a positive sense, but that like doors have been closed around them. Like, okay, out that door is a wolf. Out that right. door is a wolf. Out that door is a wolf. So the only door without a wolf behind it is Trump. And 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 like, if I want to escape this horror, he's my only hope. Right. And that's that's a you know that's a crazy place to find yourself in, literally and figuratively. Yes. And I don't know how you know you like. There's some people you're never going to peel back from this, and then there's a bunch of people who are, you know, you know, I, I would say I call bullshit on it. Um, they they genuinely don't believe it, but it's fun, it's useful for them to play footsie with. And there's a ton of Republican Congress people that do that. And you could argue that there's on on the left side of things, there's a that you know there are people who talk the talk um, of of left wing politics because right. if you don't say the jargon, you won't get reelected. But their approach is a lot more you know normy in right. theory um, because without it, they won't actually get reelected. But it, their choices between like being completely genuine um, and and a Republican takes over the district, which I would say is the, the sort of the trap that Obama found himself in about gay marriage. He supported the idea 100 percent. However, um, he you know, everybody around him knew that the minute you 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 know, you say you're for gay marriage, you are currently unelectable. The, you right. know, time moves Attitudes change, and the reality is the country was not there yet. So, meanwhile, um, you know, Biden um, comes out and goes, "Nope, I'm for gay marriage." You know, <laughs> and almost blows it for everybody is the joke by being honest, by you know, being truthful in this situation. Um, and that was the concern, like, dude, you're going to keep us from getting elected by telling the truth. <clears throat> well, there's a bunch of people who are like, well, telling the truth is more important than winning. Not in this case. Not when losing the the person who's going to get in will stop gay people from being able to get married and see their partner in the hospital if they, God forbid, are dying of AIDS or cancer or some terminal illness. It's a terrible right. idea. Because, I mean, there's, <laughs> what, I always talk about the uh, Lisa Pond case that happened in Florida, I think it was, where you know you had a, they had all the legal paperwork where, you know, power of attorney and everything, and they, they thought they dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's, but when it came time to the, their partners wanting to see the one in the hospital, they were not allowed to. Why? Because they weren't married. So it was just, right. you know, and, and, and they didn't, and, and that's why you needed to have, that's why you can't stop short of equality. Right. But again, you know, again, sometimes the, the right thing isn't always the popular thing, and if you want to get the right thing done, sometimes you got to, Come when it when it's going to come, and then support it behind the scenes instead of supporting it. Um, right. You know, well, that's the thing. You gotta, sometimes you got to slow walk the public, uh, slow walk the public into an opinion they already have. 
they what they what they really are against is the story they've been sold about that it's dangerous or that it'll be the end of heterosexual marriage or blah blah blah. Right. And we're gonna want to marry dogs. Now that's ridiculous. still coming up. The whole wanting to marry their animal yeah. thing. Oh yeah, people marry their car, or whatever, and and you know like that's I mean you can what the thing they don't realize about marriage versus like civil unions or whatever is that the government's in civil unions business and they, right. and uh, you know, and marriage is a matter of opinion. It's a religious thing for most people, but you don't have to be religious to say you're married. So obviously it's a, it's a, it's a placeholder for the word for, uh, you know, permanently adjoined couples. Right. That said, well, that, means, that gives you a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, and and so using the phrase, you know, married or whatever and saying it diminishes the word married because these people are married and now married doesn't mean as much. You can get married in Vegas right. and then get unmarried two days later, you know, simmer down. Like the right. minute Elvis started marrying people in Vegas, or, you know, fake Elvis started marrying people in Vegas, um, it, that 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 died. You know what? Truly, what marriage means to you, uh, you know, in this circumstance, clearly, is this belief that, you know, if in front of God and man, you guys have declared you're a couple and you're planning on staying that way till death do you part, and that either has meaning for you or it does not. And, right. And in my, you know, and you know, and and the more people who view it as that standard, the stronger that standard gets. So gay marriage reinforces the the concept of marriage in its purest form. The more people you have who are getting married because they mean to spend their entire lives together. Um, technically, divorce is the enemy of marriage, not more people who want to get married. So, right. uh, you know, an, an absurd fight we've been through that they would like to relitigate. The Republicans right. would like to go, no, 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 no. It just means one man, one woman. We're going back some, to that. Some of them want to relitigate loving Loving versus Virginia. I mean, some of, yeah, and it's, it's crazy, uh, right? My joke, and, my joke was, was my, my joke was if uh, if um, I was concerned about you know, all of the rulers that even though Alito said no, that these ones aren't going to be touched. It doesn't mean they're going to be touched. I'm like they're going to be touched because you mentioned them. And then my one main conservative listener in the chat was like, "Well, uh, Thomas won't support." Uh, uh, overturning loving because that would then end his marriage. I'm like, that's assuming he wants to stay married. He might want to overturn right. loving so, so his marriage can get in, can get dissolved so he doesn't have to give his wife half. Right. Well, yeah. Sorry, babe. We can't. We legally aren't married under the law, so I can't. I don't have to pay alimony because everything we did was, you know, right. violation of the Constitution. Right. Although right. it's possible with all the oh yeah, I can, I can see that happening. Media groups. All the deals she does with white right wing media groups and stuff, she might actually have more money than he does. She might bring more to the table at this point, money wise. Right. Yeah. I mean, however, um, right. She's also a lunatic. So, True. Um, I genuinely so like living. She's one of those like one of those people where beyond just her being a true believer, she's got that kind of crazy eyed church lady energy, mm-hmm. and that's got to get tired sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, no amount of money is worth this. This is lunacy. 
That's, that's um, a good point. So I, yeah. 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 And again, he is kind of comforting for her by 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 not wanting to have you know by not recusing himself from those from those cases where she's and she could potentially uh, be involved. So. Well, that's the assumption that he is in as well. Right. Because well, he very well may be. True. You know, that might be the concern is that he's worried that he's going to get, um, you know, he's going to get busted right along with her. And so, you know, and again, yet another reason for for uh, Loving to not be overturned because he has to stay married to her so she can't uh, testify against him. She can't be forced to testify against him because <laughs> wives can't be forced to testify against their husband. Fair. That's a very good like, point. He knows the law even though he's terrible at it. Right. So that's the theory. Anyways, um, I have to sign off cause I got to go uh, join the fam. So, uh, cool. appreciate you having me on. And oh, um, okay. I, uh, I always, you know, I, I've told you, I said like yeah. and the last Wednesday of the month can be yours every, every, every month, unless you're not busy, then we, unless you're busy that day, then we can always work something else out. So Sounds um, like a party. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Right, last, last Wednesday of the month yeah. is house March day. So again, thank you nice. so much. Enjoy the family. Sure. You know, House Sparks, uh, Mega Worldwide, InfotainmentWars.com. Uh, you can if you sub to him on, on many different places. You have a Patreon. You can sub to his YouTube channel. You can also sub to your Twitch, right? Right. And like if, you, if and, you're like uh, me and you have a Prime account, I went ahead and subbed to you uh, both on, on YouTube and Twitch because apparently on Prime you can sub for, you know, using your Prime membership that way. So that yeah, you get well, one. So. Yeah. One prime for one prime sub per month for for free, so it doesn't cost you anything if you if you use it. Right. It's uh, the 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 rolling phrase is if it if you use Prime, it doesn't cost you a dime. I, right. that, I think that's adorable. That's that um, very cute. But I, until until I get my yeah. nerdydan.com Twitch channel up, I'll encourage everybody to Prime to send their Prime your way. <laughs> I think that's wise. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right. Well, uh, have a great night, and I appreciate you having me on. You as well. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Everybody, that was in Hal Sparks, uh, InfotainmentWars.com, Hal Sparks, Mega Worldwide. Uh, watch him on YouTube daily, almost daily, uh, if, unless he's doing something else. And shout out again to all of the sparklers, jalapenos, or whatever other label you feel comfortable with in supporting uh, the Hal Sparks Radio Program for joining me here. If you haven't subscribed here uh, yet, please remember to do so. Smash that like button. Hit that subscribe and share, share, just watch some of our other videos when you have the time. You can listen to it in the background. Um, I think one of my best ones is my Life as a Fat Person uh, that I did about last October, I think it was. Um, I'm gonna, about to start coughing again, so I'm going to take uh, my second commercial break real quick, um, come back. We can finish up the show, um, and we'll, uh, if, if anybody wants to call in, it's uh, 914-803-4131. Uh, that's 914-803-4131. Uh, to all the ones leaving right now, again, thank you so much for joining us. It really helps uh, the, the show. Um, be back in a second with more Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, 
not-so-fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear, and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tunes. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan dot com. Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Level Field. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the show, it's 914-803-4131, or join us in either the chat room on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan or youtube.com slash liberaldanradio. If you happen to be listening after the live broadcast, you can also leave your comments on the thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter, or of course, come to YouTube and leave your comments in the thread there as or here as well. Uh, so yeah, we were talking a little bit about, you know, I would love to be able to have how video speaking, uh, just video chat through it. And I'm a technical guy, so I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, but, you know, I have a, you know, almost a master's degree in computer science. So it should, if it's possible, I should be able to eventually figure out how to do it. Um, I really like the blog talk radio setup in that I have just a bank of sound clips that I can play. Um, whenever I feel like playing them, you know, just, you know, that's why you'll, you'll eventually hear me, uh, playing, where is it? This one It is what it is just readily available for me. I'm sure I could do also do that on YouTube. If I may just the soundboard or, or use some other tool that might give the opportunity to have a soundboard like that. Um, so that I need to look into that and see about, um, some stream labs or some of the other opportunity people, things that people use to send streams out to multiple places. I just don't know if I could be able to, the, the key is being able to root. If he's coming in with a, like a Skype chat to be able to root the sound from the Skype chat through into the blog talk radio without having it then come back around and um, without then having it come back around and 
uh, whatchamacallit, and then giving us um, repeating sound or feedback over and over again. I guess possibly what, what you could do is have call have him call with the phone and then have his video up there and not have the sound coming through and just video chat for the video and then audio phone for the audio chat like some people do with Zoom. I don't know. We'll work it out sometime. Uh, let's see. Hide in the shadows. Five-party system needed. Carl Smith didn't realize it's a live radio show. Yes, it's a live radio show. This is live. You can call in. A, that's the other part about that I like about Blog Talk Radio is that I do have a phone number that you can call on. Usually don't give the phone number out when I have a guest, especially like Hal. Me and Hal just like to talk so much that I don't know if there's room for another person talking at the time. But yeah, I do have a phone number with Blog Talk Radio uh, that I can utilize and, and treat it as if it's a call-in show. So that's one other one of the added features that I have with Blog Talk Radio. Um, but let's see. Uh, a five-party system needed according to Heiner Shadows. I don't know how I would implement a five-party system with uh, the way that it's set up, because if you ended up not having anybody get the presidency, like in the, in the, in the, in the go around, if nobody gets a majority of the electoral votes, uh, then it goes to the house of representatives and each state. That's ultimately what Trump wanted was it to, to, for the election to be tossed out and for the Congress to have to vote on a state by state basis. So it's the house voting for it, but each delegation votes as one, so then, you, then whoever gets the most votes there of, of the candidates then wins. And because there's more red states than blue states, that, that, that's the way that Trump would win. Um, so our system isn't really built for main parties. We do have, you know, Bernie Sanders is a Democratic Socialist. You have people who are Green Party. You have independent people who run and then caucus like Sanders and I forget the other person. Uh, but you do have – but there's really not – basically – in America, how it's always happened is you've had one party kind of rise up and kind of replace the other party. But as that's happening, you, you, you end up giving the, the, the other party that's not having competition a lot of say at that point in time. So um, that's fine, Carl. I just wanted to – I don't want to get too technical. Some people get bored with the technical stuff. But, you know, being the geeky nerd that I am, and I want to figure that out. I'd love to be able to have the face up there. But – um, there's just drawbacks to doing things differently and, and um, to different ways. So I want to figure out what gives the best experience uh, to everybody involved. Um, I used to show the chat streaming up in here, but I was like, if you're watching on YouTube, you don't need to see the chat on the screen because it's there next to it as it's, as the chat is scrolling, as you're watching it. So, you know, you don't really need that. And, as as we've moved the show on to YouTube, because it wasn't always on YouTube for a while, the old episodes of Liberal Dan Radio are only available on either Blog Talk Radio or if you search like your podcast, like um, Spotify or whatever other podcast you use. Older shows are just purely no video whatsoever. So, so there's that. Um, I was going to talk about something else. That was an interesting thing I saw. I didn't. I wasn't able to gather up all the sound clips for it, but the, there was a a rant that Bill. Did anybody in the chat see Bill Maher's rant on um, how trans the trans thing has gone too far? And he was talking about how you know people are just going too far with it. And I'm like, and he just had a lot of. If you I responded to it, or at least I quoted to it on my Twitter handle. If you don't follow Liberal Band Radio at on Twitter. Uh, do so as well. If, if you want to, if you want to see my tweets that I have, 
uh, you have, and there was this video that he had, a little clip, and he starts talking about how it's like too much, um, like too much stuff with, 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 I guess, trans folk. And I'm like, but the, like the numbers, the data that he was saying was like, some data said that 20% of all Americans, according to some study, identify as LGBTQA+. And fine, but then he was taking that on as saying that 20% of people are trans. I'm like, no, that's not what that's saying, you know, because you could be not cisgender and you could also, you know, be in a lesbian, gay, or bisexual relationship. So the idea that all of those 20% are also trans, just, he just got it completely wrong. And the you know, John Depp, I never like. I used to love Bill Maher. I used to watch Politically Incorrect. I used to watch Real Time with Bill Maher. It was like, I, if if I could if I couldn't watch it I would record it I try and watch it live all the time I used to I mean one of my favorite jokes from him I think was how did we know that George Bush was not behind 9/11 is like because it worked uh, it, it was they were successful in doing what they wanted to do so it couldn't have been George Bush behind it uh, because obviously it was so inept but Bill Bill Maher just basically got to a point where it's just like oh, enough of it already it's um, he like sounds like just like the people like who doesn't want to see everybody's point of view and just gets tired of dealing with everybody. And it's like, you know, sometimes you have to deal with everybody if you want to get along, especially if you want to do things like, you know, beat the Republicans. Like, as I said, during the when I was on, do you really want to fight over the 5% that we disagree on? Or do you want to work together on the 95%. Now, if the 5% we disagree on is you're a Nazi and I'm Jewish, no, nah, then I can't get beyond that 5%. It's not going to happen. If you know There are some weird leftist progressives who also are anti-Semitic for some reason, and it's very weird. Um, and no, I, I can't work with those people because the, the anti-Semitism just goes too far, clearly, because raised Jewish and whatever. But you, some, some of those people you just have to just okay, I'm not going to work with you at all. Uh, let's see. Grumpy Cat. Unfortunately, I did see the Mar clip. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, it goes on for a while. I'm thinking about capturing the audio, but I just, with my main job at the moment, I just have, or main, my, my career, I guess, at the moment, I don't like calling it a job because I like working at the place. It's not just a job. I mean, eventually, there, there's the possibility, you know, of, you know, if this were to take off and become my full-time thing and I could do this five times a week or and, and make and just devote my time to making videos, that would be the dream. Uh, but I'm keeping my feet firmly planted in reality at this point because, you know, I'm still not, I'm still not even to the point where I'm monetized, I'm monetizable on YouTube yet. So once we get there, then we can start climbing that ladder. Um, and, and we'll see. We'll see. It, it, it's a, it's a, it would be a nice to have, but it's not necessarily something I'm relying on for, for at this point for my career. Um, I think Bill is trying to be George Carlin. Yeah, but George Carlin, you know, I think Bill Maher would be the type of person that would say, you know, all jokes should be fair game. And where George Carlin, there's a clip going where he was on Larry King and George Carlin's like, look, comedians have, have always been about, according to Carlin at least, um, attacking people of power, attacking the power structures and not punching the folks who, who are marginalized. And he was saying that in, a, in an old Larry King clip. So that was an old, I think it was referring to um, like things that Andrew Dice Clay would do in, in his type of humor. Um, that, you know, I'll admit when I was 13 years old, I thought Andrew Dice Clay was super duper funny. And now 
I understand why 13-year-old me thought, thought that Andrew Dice Clay was super-duper funny, but uh, there's lots of stuff that just now I look back at it, and I'm like, just no. Let's see, do you think he really believes half the stuff he spews or just shows up and reads the cards and gets paid? Uh, Club Random is disappointing. I haven't seen a guest yet. wanted to watch. I don't know what Club Random is. Am I missing something? Uh, let's see, rule number one, don't punch down. Yeah, I mean, and there's... There's examples of humor, like you could make, there's a difference between racial humor and racist humor, um, but sometimes it's such a fine line that you don't want to risk it. Um, I used to say I, I make fun of everybody, but I don't, you know, I, I tend to not make fun, like if you're, if, like, again, I'm a big guy, I'm overweight, I'm working on it, but I'm overweight. I personally can handle somebody telling a fat joke if it's funny. If it's if it's said to be funny, I can I'll laugh at it. And you know, if if it's said to be funny, if it actually is funny, I'll laugh at it. Um, but there are a lot of times when people tell fat jokes, they're not saying it to be funny. They're saying it to be mean. I mean, just go to my TikTok if you have TikTok. I know Hal doesn't like TikTok, but if if you see, you know, I, I deal with lots of people on TikTok who just are just horribly make fat fat jokes at people's expenses. And when you're making <coughs> excuse me, jokes at people's expenses, that's the problem. That being said, I don't speak for all fat people either. I don't speak for all people who are overweight. And there are plenty of people who won't laugh at any fat joke, or at least any fat joke coming from somebody who isn't themselves fat because they're going to view it as, as hateful. And then that's their right too. And they're valid in thinking that way. So a lot of times you will see people who will just say, look, just, just to play it safe. Don't punch down. Always attack power. There's plenty of stuff to laugh at of the people in power where you don't need to make a joke. Now, if you're a good comedian and you want to make jokes about sensitive subjects that are not punching down, you can do so. It's just a very fragile tightrope to walk and if you mess up you, you, you miss you know you, you, you might do something that you might regret so see how he did bill maher always says something awful yeah um only get if a free weekend <laughs> yeah that, that's how i used to watch a lot like i would wait for the you know hbo or showtime or whatever free weekend and then the binge whatever i could even before Excuse me, even before binging was a thing. Um, but nowadays, like, we have HBO, HBO Max, because my wife has an AT&T cell phone and the, the right plan to have the AT&T cell phone to get us a free uh, HBO plan. So I don't have to worry about the free, free trials for that. Of course, we subscribe to many other things that are not <laughs> that we probably should hack. I'm, I'm currently going through the process of my budget and trying to find the holes in the budget and get rid of as much as I can to make sure that, you know, everything's right for my checkbook. Uh, let's see. Other comedians borrow. That's not what Mar is doing. Let's see. I miss Ralphie May's company. Yeah. Ma Ralphie May is hysterical. I miss John Panette too. I went to a John Panette concert one time and that was the most I've laughed. I think at any sort of comedy thing that I've been to, it was just so freaking funny. I was wheezing laughing. I was laughing so hard. Um, 
I don't even know if I want to talk about this other thing. I was laughing pretty hard the other day too with my kids. This is this has been a week where it's just I've learned the things that I wouldn't expect to have been on my 2022 bingo card are on like I I I could mark off if they were on my bingo card, but I never expected them to be on my bingo card. For example, like I think earlier in the week, I think over the weekend, uh, I was being critical of Luke Campbell, Luke Campbell being the the head rapper of Two Live Crew. Uh, he was making some comments about, you know, what did certain people do for us and we need to, and like, he was almost encouraging, like, not voting for, I guess, Democrats or whatever, because he thought that Democrats weren't doing enough for them, similar to, like, a Young Turks type thing. And I jumped in with everybody else and was criticizing the lead singer of Two Life Crew. Not something I thought I'd ever do. Uh, I never expected to be able to tune into Hal's show and hear about Alex's Jones' penis size in comparison to his father. You know, what? <laughs> like that was that was not on my bucket list this year, and I was not on my bucket list to learn about uh, one thousand years of death from Naruto. Uh, it's something I found out via my kids, and uh, apparently one of them did it to the other, and I had to basically tell them that's not something you do. Stop it. Uh, so that was not. I was, but I was as I was trying to be serious and explaining to my kids look, that's not something you do to each other. Just stop doing that. My wife's over there cracking up hysterically because I'm just getting the questions I'm asking about this whole thing that happened was just not, it was, it was funny if you, if if you weren't the one trying to be the one disciplining the kids, but uh, let's see. Lots of retracted messages that I've seen over this. I guess you type out something and you have a typo. Uh, That's fine. Let's see. Jill, bless you, Dance. Thank you very much. Um, true, never seemed to come across as sharp as Carlin. I mean, is anybody really as sharp as Carlin? I don't know. Carlin's pretty genius, or was, I guess, was pretty genius. Uh, so anyway, so we've got 10 minutes left. I think it's probably about that time where I can just go ahead and show. There's no reason to chat endlessly. There's always next week. Uh, so again, uh, ways to support the show the best thing to do subscribe to the show like the videos share any content that you find that you might like just peruse the videos if you want just follow me on uh, twitter uh, liberal dan radio on twitter on tiktok facebook.com slash liberal dan um you got liberaldan.com and that that's the best ways uh to go ahead and there's also the anchor stream as well but again i haven't done much of that recently um again Take the time. There is the Patreon if you want to support the show that way. I appreciate it. But the best thing right now you can do is just go ahead and subscribe and just spread the word that you enjoy Liberal Dan and other people might enjoy Liberal Dan as well. I'm just trying to find the clip that I'm looking for. I guess that's the problem with having too large of a uh, having too large of a sound bank uh, that you end up miss losing one of the one of the clips that you're looking for anyway and thank you jolie appreciate it that's the end of this week's episode of liberal and radio talk from the left that's right i will be back next wednesday 8 p.m central uh blogtalkradio.com slash liberal band or uh liberal band radio on youtube you can always watch or listen to old episodes uh limited on youtube for the only the recent ones that i've done the show for otherwise 
you know, you can go and look up Little Van on uh, Spotify or whatever, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, whatever. Find me that way too. Until next week, this is Andrew Van Radio. Talk to you left.